106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I, I'm sure some people are a little disturbed when they see headlines that say, oh, this bipartisan effort would look like a win for Biden. Well, it's a win for Republicans, and it's a win for Biden, it's a win for Democrats, it's a win for the Senate to say we can work together, that we've been able to overcome partisan differences to do something that's right for America. Mr. President, I'm convinced that this is a win for America. Dear President Obama, Bro, you are amazing. I had no idea how badass you really are. I thought you were a beta, which is why I didn't vote for you. But had I known that you were going to single-handedly dismantle the left's narrative in this day and age, I mean, I probably still wouldn't have voted for you, but you get what I'm saying, right? It was your birthday and you celebrated it like the free American that you are, and you gave us all a gift. You didn't give un carajo about Delta variant, about masks. You didn't care about nothing. It was your birthday and you were having fun. And I know, I know, I know that everybody's saying that it was a very sophisticated and vaccinated crowd, but we did see the videos and we did see the pictures. That's the thing with these parties, you know? Leaks. Your DJ was getting high. You were getting down on the dance floor. Bro. My guy, te la comiste. I don't see what everybody's so mad about because you're a free American and yes, you turned 60 and yes, you are in a high risk category, but hey, if you don't care, why should we? You gave us all a great example to follow and I suggest that we all follow suit. And so for all you lefties out there uh, talking about the Delta variant and uh, masks, uh, you can't have it both ways, babe. So all this double jab and triple jab and eight jabs later, now nah, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. If Obizzi's not doing it, I ain't doing it. Like Cori Bush said, <laughs> suck it up. But honestly, bro, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I hope you live a long and healthy life so that you can live long enough to see us dismantle the socialist nightmare that you and your friends try to ram down our throats. Happy birthday! The Taliban have taken over Afghanistan. Inflation is rising. Our southern border is in complete crisis right now. We gotta spin this, guys. We gotta spin this somehow. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. I need, I need your ideas. I had to spin this. Anybody have any ideas? Yes. Uh, well, uh, we, we did pull our troops out of Afghanistan pretty quick. I mean, we just yanked them right out. We probably could have gone a little slower. Uh, inflation is happening because people aren't working and uh, not as many products are being made. And so uh, the price for the product is going up. And uh, our southern border is in crisis because we didn't build a wall. Uh, we probably should have built a wall. Maybe a wall would be a good idea. I just... It's not an option, Karen. We're not building a wall. I need ideas, okay? Anybody have any ideas? Anybody?
Freddy, we gotta spin this. What is it, Karen? What? Uh, now, now, hear me out on this. I, I think our best option at, at this point is to is to blame Trump. Just we could just we could just blame blame Trump. Karen, this has happened under us, okay? This has happened under the Biden administration. Yes. I, I understand that, but uh, the American people are pretty stupid. Let's just, let's be honest. Uh, and the media will help us on this. So, Karen, I hate you. Like, I really, I really hate you. But I think you're right. We're gonna have to blame Trump, guys. The media will help us. We're gonna have to blame Trump. Let's do it. Let's go. Here we go. This is Lou Benninger. You're listening to No Hostages Radio. And uh, it is August 21, 2021. And this episode is number 125. And so for you new people, that's that's as far as we've gone. We started at 1, and we're now at 125. And all of those episodes are stashed over at... Uh, NoHostagesRadio.com. So you may have just picked us up off your uh, podcast source, which is good. That's good. But if you want to look at our website, it's NoHostagesRadio.com. And you can look at uh, a variety of episodes there and also articles that I've been writing for a number of years for a local newspaper called the Territorial Dispatch. They're starting to run those again. That's uh, Territorial Dispatch. It's a, uh, um, a weekly. You can get it on the Internet or you can get it on a hard copy in the Yuba Sutter County's area. Uh, so uh, you can read my articles. All of them are over there. And they're also over at Live with Lou. It's a Facebook page, Live with Lou. So I post articles there as I write them whether or not the newspaper picks them up or not. So we put all of them there and all of them on the website. And also we put some of the podcasts or the podcasts over at Live with Lou on Facebook. So if you're a Facebook fan, uh, you can go there. Um, let's see. Uh, you can reach me at my email at Lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Very simple, Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. And you can dial me up at 530-713-1838. That's 530-713-1838. So the easiest thing might be to just text me a, a message or if you're trying to correct me on something or give me something I need to talk about, uh, just shoot it out to them. Or if you need a call from me, I'll call you back. Be happy to or email you back, whatever you wish. And we'll do business. So thank you so much for listening. And it's an honor that you're taking the time, whether it's just a little bit of time or if you listen to the whole podcast. I want to mention also that uh, about, uh, let's see, in May May 1st or the first uh, Saturday in May, that may have been May 1, I can't recall now. 
But the first Saturday in May, we started to do another live show, which we did for five or six years at KMYC 1410 AM. That's a uh, AM station, an, an AM station here in Northern California, stay, uh, set in Yuba County. And uh, we, we were out there once before and then left, and then uh, the station actually was arson, burned down, and they now are rebuilding it. So we're still getting a, a few of the bells and whistles attached back to it. <clears throat> but we're doing a, it started out this time, a two-hour show. It ended with a three-hour show a couple of years ago. Now we're doing a two-hour show. But last week, uh, last Saturday, we uh, were expanded to a three-hour show. So that's what we're going to be doing here each Saturday. So so you have the ability. I know you don't want to listen to both. But <clears throat> the podcast, obviously, is available whenever you want it. But it is fresh coming up on early Saturday morning. And then the uh, live show at KMYC, 1410 a.m., starts at 10 in the morning and ends at 1 in the afternoon. So it's a three-hour show. We, uh, When they started the station again, it had no Internet connect. Uh, we were just doing uh, an a.m. broadcast. But now they've added. Uh, so if you want to reach us off one of your devices, you can go to live 365 just like the world l-i-v-e and then the number 365.com you go to that website live 365.com and then go and click on radio and then it'll ask you what radio station you put in kmyc i think that's all you have to put you don't need to do the call the number just kmyc and it should pop up and start playing uh or you can click on it, start playing whatever's on the station right then. So it should be live streaming. And if so, if you want to listen on a device, sometimes uh, or nowadays, and just in the last few years, people have quit listening on the radio. They don't even, some people don't even have a radio except in the car. So those are a variety of ways that you can uh, listen to me and, um, and reach out to me. I'm, I'm also writing some articles for the COVID times. It's a monthly newspaper, all dedicated, the entire paper is dedicated to articles on what's going on in our country regarding the COVID-19 virus. So that's being kind of just spread around Nevada County, Yuba County, Sutter County. I don't know what other counties I'm not really in charge of it. I just wrote some articles for them. So thank you for listening again. And uh, since it is the podcast, uh, and I don't know whether you're going to stick with it all the way through, I want to mention some information that some of you may be really looking for because more and more people are in crisis because of the government mandates and uh, coercion uh, on whether it's masks, their children wearing masks or people wearing masks or or you have to get a vaccine or we're going to fire you. You know, the shot. It's not really it's not at all a vaccine. It's actually a killer that shot's going to make you sick or kill you. So uh, I'm trying and we are trying, my friends are trying to dissuade as many people as possible to not take it. <clears throat> and uh, so a lot of people are filing religious exemptions, medical exem- or uh, medical exemptions, religious exemptions uh, to get their employer to not uh, fire them or force them to get the shot to stay. So the alternative is that they accept the exemptions. It looks like some of them are asking you to test every week. Now, 
I would not run that thing all the way at my nose. There's alternative tests now that are different, but but the uh, in fact I wrote an article on the PCR test that where they ran the the probe the, all the way up the nose with the swab on the end up near the brain cavity, and uh, and I also wrote about the the chemical called ethylene oxide that's on that swab, and uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Ethylene oxide is a cancer-causing chemical that is present on that swab and uh, or that swab was uh, made sterilized i was sterilized with that and probably other medical uh, products are sterilized with ethylene oxide i'll talk a little bit more about that later Uh, but i wanted to mention a couple websites because uh, everybody is scrambling for information and looking for sample exemption letters etc and uh, I'm going to give you a couple websites you can go for help. And um, you can go to thehealthyamerican.org. That's Peggy Hall's website. She's down in Orange County. Thehealthyamerican.org. <clears throat> you can also go to chrisannhall.com. Chris, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E, hall.com. All one word, Chris Ann Hall. Dot com Chris K R I S A N N E H A L dot com, and uh, she is a constitutional attorney. Uh, so, and also, I would recommend that you go to a local website where I'm sitting, which is in Yuba County, California, uh, to freedomco.net. That stands for Freedom Coalition Network. But the website address is freedomco.net. And there should be a lot of information on there. If you ever lack something and you can't seem to connect with these folks for what you lack, if you'll shoot me a text or an email, I'll see if I can get you uh, dialed in to get the help you need to go to your school without a vaccination or to uh, keep your job without a vaccination Etc. Etc. By the way, these vaccinations are going to keep coming. They'll probably be coming every six months to a year. Uh, there will be no resolve for this. This isn't about uh, COVID. COVID's been around since the beginning of time. It's just another term for the cold. And one of the interesting things, and I've talked to medical people for years about this, is is although there's there seems to be uh, remedies for certain things in the human uh, the human species, there just doesn't seem to be for the cold. It's something you can't you, you can't really uh, fix it very quick. You just kind of got to write it out, right? Once you get it, once you get that little tickling and sore throat, you got to kind of write it out. You can take some vitamins, you can rest, you can tra- drink a lot of liquids. You know, you know the you know the routine. So, but the reason there hasn't ever been a vaccine, a, a legit vaccine for the cold, is that it takes. 5, 10, 20 years to make a vaccine, and that cold is mutating or changing uh, or, as they, as they say, uh, cause a variant immediately, almost immediately, so that you just can't keep up with it. So there's no use spending all that time and energy. Uh, so this whole thing about a vaccine is a fraud, a complete fraud, and it's gene therapy, and uh, what they're doing to your immune system will kill you. 
Now, uh, they, they aren't publicizing it, but there's tens of thousands of deaths already, depending on which groups tabulating them. There's all kinds of people with permanent damage from, from eye inflammation to inflammation of the heart, br um, blood clots in the brain, lots of blood clot problems, blood, blood clots in the brain. And uh, so this is uh, the other thing is um, it for the females uh, taking it. If you're carrying a child and it's a first trimester, there's an 80 percent chance you're going to lose your child through a miscarriage. If if you want to be pregnant, don't take this shot because it's sterilizing women. Now that. You think, well, how, how could that happen? It was intended. It's part of the plan. And uh, without you calling me a conspiracy theorist, I'm just going to tell you what medical doctors are saying are the results of this thing. If you want to try to figure out or imagine the motives of the people that did this, you can go for it. I, I know what's going on. If you don't and you don't want me to tell you uh, or you just want to you don't want to believe it, you cannot believe it and you can just go on about it. I'm telling you, though, you know, I always say when something happens in society and you hear something on the news, oh, there's this trend, there's this fad, there's this uh, a lot of people are getting this or not getting that. I've watched that over the years news-wise, and I think, oh, I don't even know anybody that, that hasn't, it hasn't touched my circle of friends, right? Well, now, not only are many of my friends now in the whole movement out of California are refugees. But now I have people that know people that have died from this. Now it's interesting that when people die of COVID, they claim they die of COVID. When people die, they're trying to all use all which way to add them to the dashboard of statistics of adding to the COVID stats. Oh, they died of COVID. Oh, well, really? They didn't have any other ailments? Well, yeah, they had a bad heart. They had diabetes. Their one, you know, one lung was filling up all the time with fluid. Uh, so what they call those comorbidities. But in terms of people dying from the vaccine, they're not wanting to claim that. Like Hank Aaron, the famous home run hitter from the Atlanta Braves, uh, I think Hank was in his 80s, but he was healthy, took the vaccine, and died uh, quickly. The, uh, my dental hygienist this week was telling me after she cleaned as she cleaned my teeth that a, one of her customers, her patients, her husband died two days after taking the vaccine uh, and was previous to that fine and a strong guy in good health, older guy, but in good health. So there's all kinds of these predicaments that are happening. And uh, so I'm giving you some sites. Uh, those are the sites that I would go to to get help. If if you cannot get the help you need or you you can't get through or something, just reach out to me and we'll we'll go over it again. OK, so uh, I want to mention that uh, locally here in the Yuba Sutter counties, we've been uh, we've decided in California. And I think it's this is true probably throughout the United States is that with the uh, overthrow of the election, and the complete fraud, the lie uh, of uh, preventing President Trump from being reelected, we realize that there's probably not much we can do about, I mean, certainly you can vote for president, you can vote for these Congress people, but there's not much change we can do in, in the federal government from day to day. 
And there's really not a lot we can do in the state government from day to day. Like we're going to vote, like I've already voted for the recall, to recall the, the governor. Many people have already voted. Um, they've already got their ballots. They're voting. And uh, so we can vote on that, certainly. But in terms of turning the ship around, it's going to take a while. And it's going to take some voting differently than we've done in California. But you can change the county that you live in. And there are over, I think, over 3,100 or around 3,100 counties. Sometimes they call them a township or something. But counties are an equivalent in the United States. That means you got about 3,100 uh, sets of supervisors, if they want to count, call them that, or commissioners. And most of them have sheriffs. And we can take control of our counties. There's no question about it. We can vote people out pretty easily because it doesn't take a lot of votes, like in a big statewide race or a, or a assembly district race. It takes a lot of votes, a lot of money. But at a local election, like for city council or a planning commission or a school board or supervisors, it does not take a lot of votes. And, and you don't have to use a lot of money, and you can use a lot of just hard work and helpers and volunteers to win an election. And so our strategy locally is to change uh, the local representatives uh, that aren't doing our bidding. In other words, it's of the people, by the people, for the people. So if our representatives are not representing us, then we'll just vote them out, right? So we could recall them like the governor, but uh, in most cases it's just easier to just vote them out when they come up for office. So, um, all right, now let me see what I'm doing here. I'm trying to get these announcements in, so if you have to go and you can only listen to part of the podcast, you might be able to uh, get involved here if you're in in this area. And I promised uh, some people that I would get get the word out. So I want to mention this is a really important event. Um, It's put on by the Yuba uh, County Republican Central Committee and the Sutter County Republican Central Committee. And we're trying to overhaul those. Now, we just overhauled the Yuba County one, and uh, it's, it's gone great. The Sutter County is in worse shape, although it's been more steady, being bad and steady. So, but the Yuba County one's brand new. So they're going together, and they're having a a, a fundraiser uh, for themselves to help them fund their operation in in recruiting and vetting conservative candidates to run for office locally. Occasionally, of course, they may donate something to a statewide candidate, but on uh, August 26th, which is a Thursday night, 5.30 p.m., there's going to be a, uh, a get-together, and it's uh, $50 per person, $1,000 event sponsor, 2500 premier sponsor. And you can go to, um, it's going to be hors d'oeuvres, not dinner, just hors d'oeuvres. And uh, two assembly people are going to be there. One, Kevin Kiley's running for governor to replace Gavin Newsom. Kevin Kiley is going to be there, as well as James Gallagher, who represents the 3rd District, which is the Yuba-Sutter counties and a few other counties around the area here. Kiley is more down towards the state capitol and, and around that 
Sacramento County area and up into the foothills, Rockland, etc. So Kevin Kiley and James Gallagher will be there to speak, and it's going to be a, a get-together probably hearing both those guys speak, and it's a fundraiser for these two uh, political organizations. Now, listen, what we don't need is political organizations that don't do anything. So what we're going to really work on, and 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 we're doing very well in Yuba County, uh, because we just got fresh horses in all the spots over there. But in Sutter County, they're stuck in the mud over there. And uh, so, but it doesn't make any difference. We're really Yuba Sutter counties is kind of one big community, so we can we work on both sides of the river. So, uh, and that is in Yuba City at uh, Hillcrest Catering at the Plaza Room Two Ten Julie Drive. So. You can go to suttergop.org, sutter, S-U-T-T-E-R-G-O-P.org, or you can go to Yuba County, Y-U-B-A County, R-C-C.com, Yuba County, R-C-C.com. You can buy your tickets online, and uh, that should get you going pretty good. I think I think I did my my due diligence right there. Okay, we're going to take a break. I got five more break, uh, five more sections to do, so hang tight, and we'll be right back. Wondering why I'm standing in front of this office on such a hot California day? This is Congressman John Garamendi's office. I'm his opponent, Tamika Hamilton. I'm a sergeant in the United States Air Force, and John won't debate me. I thought I'd come down here to make it a little bit easier for him. Since John's been in Congress, he has amassed a wealth over $2 million. He owns ranches, homes, and even rides horses. Does he sound like someone that knows how most of us really live? But let's be nice. John is a little out of touch. I mean, he has been in office for the past 45 years, and since that time, the internet and a cell phone were invented. John, next time you're riding horses around the ranch, pretend that you're stuck in traffic like the rest of us, and you can't fill up the tank because gas is so expensive. That's how most of us really live. John, you've been in office for over 45 years, and why haven't you done anything about this traffic? And why do you keep supporting taxes that make our lives here in California more unaffordable? I think the new tax should be on congressmen who've been in office since the 1970s who ride horses and pretend to be cowboys. This is my home. My husband's a peace officer. You seem to think my husband's just as bad as the people that he arrests, that breaking the law is okay. I believe that the police are trying to do the best job they can and that my husband deserves your respect. John, you and Patricia were able to send your kids to the best schools. A lot of parents in our district don't have that ability and are stuck in failing schools. That's where you and I differ. You oppose charter schools and you oppose school choice. You've ran on bringing back the middle class while you've become a millionaire. You've left us behind. It's time to give District B what they've been wanting and that's a debate. And so it's time for you to step up and not hide behind the incumbent status. Do your job. Let the people hear what you have to say and let them decide. To whom it may concern, you have taken liberties that are not yours to take. You are perilously close to destroying that which you did not build, but were tasked with preserving. A nation built on a perfect ideal by imperfect men, flawed men, but still men much more noble than you. 
You have not been a good steward. You have not acted in good faith. You will leave a legacy of dishonor and your name will be remembered as such. It will be uttered in shame. You have failed at your duties. You leave a trail of deceit and destruction in your wake. You have given quarters to the vipers around you. You conspire with those who seek to dismantle this great nation. Were you corrupted? When did that happen? Were you promised or threatened? Was there a time when you decided to betray your oath? Or were you always this way? You've worked diligently to break this nation. You calculated and implemented a plan crafted decades ago, patiently, drop by drop, imperceptible to all but the vigilant. But you forgot something. You forgot to factor in our God-given instinct to protect our young. You forgot to factor in how our family histories would affect our conviction. You forgot to factor in God and the strength he provides to the faithful. You miscalculated. So many regrets, I'm sure. And more to come, I'm sure. We will not comply. We will not be silenced. We will not stand down. We will not succumb to fear and despair. We will not stop until our Republic is restored. The world has its eyes on you. History has its eyes on you. And so do we. God bless America. A lawyer asks an elderly woman a question in court, but he never expected her response. In a trial, a southern small town prosecuting attorney called his first witness, a grandmotherly elderly woman, to the stand. He approached her and asked, Mrs. Jones, do you know me? She responded, Why, yes, I do know you, Mr. Williams. I've known you since you were a boy, and frankly, you've been a big disappointment to me. You lie, you cheat on your wife, you manipulate people and talk about them behind their backs. You think you're a big shot when you haven't the brains to realize you'll never amount to anything more than a two-bit paper pusher. Yes, I know you. The lawyer was stunned, not knowing what else to do. He pointed across the room and asked, Mrs. Jones, do you know the defense attorney? She again replied, why yes, I do. I've known Mr. Bradley since he was a youngster too. He's lazy, bigoted, he has a drinking problem, he can't build normal relationships with anyone, and his law practice is one of the worst in the entire state, not to mention he cheated on his wife with three different women. One of them was your wife. Yes, I know him. The defense attorney nearly passed out. The judge asked both counselors to approach the bench and in a very quiet voice said, if either of you idiots asks her if she knows me, I'll send you both to jail for contempt of court. There's a port on a western bank and it serves a hundred ships a day. Lonely sailors pass the time away talk about their a girl in this harbor town she works whiskey all right welcome back uh, I wanted to also mention uh, 
that Courtney Ortega, who runs a group called freedomco.net, and uh, she's been coordinating Yuba Sutter counties here in getting the supervisors' meetings back open, which they are, uh, getting them mask free, which they are, and also the city councils in this area get them open and mask free, they are. And now we're organizing and recruiting people to come and speak to agenda items that are hot topics and of interest. And also that in each um, government meeting, there is a a point uh, in the meeting where you can stand up and talk for three minutes about any topic you wish. It it doesn't have to be on the agenda. Uh, They don't have to respond to it. They're not going to act on it necessarily. Uh, They can only act on things that are agendized. But three minutes, uh, you get a chance to address issues you're concerned about. So we've had a group of people that we've been organizing through the freedomco.net and Courtney Ortega uh, to go and speak on a variety of topics at the two supervisors meeting, Yuba and Sutter, and in Marysville and Yuba City City Council meetings. And then now there's been some people going to the school board meetings because there's a fight brewing at the uh, school board meetings regarding forcing kids to mask when there's there is all kinds of science for it to say that it's very unhealthy and it'll make them sick and cause them to have heart problems and all kinds of stuff breathing problems so uh there's nothing right about mask uh, except it's uh tyranny that's coming at us uh and also uh they're now there's now they're now putting these shot centers or clinics on campus to shoot the uh inject these young kids so but what i wanted to talk about tonight is that tuesday this coming tuesday august 24 for those in the yuba sutter county's area we're trying to get as many people to go to the uh, supervisors meetings as possible on that particular day and that means if you've got a child uh, maybe you could take your child with you if they're you know old enough to be able to hang through a supervisor meeting. Maybe it's a teenager and they, they need to learn about uh, county and city government. So on 824, we want everybody to go to these meetings. They're at different times. So the, the first meeting is at 9 in the morning, and it's, uh, in, it's the Yuba County Supervisors, and it's in the government building at 9th and I Street. Ninth and I, you can't miss it once you get over in that area and you enter from the south side, Ninth and I. I just look, think of it as Ninth and I or Eighth and I. It's a big block square building and easy to get into, no problem. So nine o'clock start, okay? You don't, you do not need a mask. And uh, so come prepared. So here's, let me, let me give you the dates and times and then we'll talk about the topic. So the second meeting is at three in the afternoon and that's Sutter County Board of Supervisors. And for some reason they moved out of their building and they now meet over at the Yuba City City Hall. And that, and they meet in the same chambers as the Yuba City City Council does. So uh that's at the corner of Butte House Road and Civic Center Boulevard. Okay, so if you could come to that, even if you could come in your presence, that would be great. Now, let me tell you what some of the topics we want to address are. We want to address uh, stopping these mandates that keep rumbling around 
the county, mandates for masks, mandates for vaccines, pressure to vaccine, to get a vaccine, to get a shot. And there's there's uh, when we started talking about vaccine passports months ago and we brought it up, said, hey, we want to have a discussion about vaccine passports. We don't want them. We don't want to have to carry papers and to be allowed to go here and there. Freedom is being able to go wherever you want. That's America. But it's communism and Nazism to have to carry papers to be able to get in certain places or go certain places. So we don't want vaccine passports. And we've been speaking about that. And when we began to speak about it, the supervisors were just poo-pooing the whole idea like, oh, that's ridiculous. We're never going to do that. Well, now behind the scenes, uh, we're, we're hearing that they're going to they're going to propose and do that. And uh, this is time to raise hell. Uh, seriously. And uh, and sitting at your computer commenting on Facebook does not help us at all. We need to just have old fashioned stir the pot. We need to go down there and numbers make a difference. Two or three people. It's better than nothing, but it's weak. When we got when we have 75,000 people in Sutter County and about 100, I mean, in Yuba County and about 125,000, I'm just guessing and I forget now in Sutter County and we can only get 20 people down there. People, oh, well, uh, it's I got to work. This is worth taking time off work. If if we're going to get control of this county, these two counties, we need to put some pressure on the supervisors and and knock off all this baloney. And uh, so the final pressure on supervisors is just voting them out. There's election coming up and there'll be people, a couple of supervisors will be up for election. And we want to remember all the times that we went before them asking for relief and open businesses back up and uh, stop the state capital from sending in investigators in and harassing businesses. They did nothing. The supervisors did absolutely nothing. And uh, so uh, we need people at both of those meetings. This uh, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, August 26th, 9 o'clock in the morning, Yuba County Supervisors, and uh, later in the day, 3, 3 p.m. at Sutter County Supervisors. Now, there's not enough time to, at the beginning of the week, to talk to to somebody like Courtney Ortega, she won't be to work till Tuesday morning. Well, we're going to be at this. We're going to be at the supervisor meeting on Tuesday morning. So uh, you you have all you do is you go in, and uh, there'll probably be some organizers. Go a little early, and they'll tell you how to go in. If you've never been to a supervisor's meeting, you go in, and then if you want to speak, you fill out this small card, put your name on it, and the topic you want to address. And then when they call your name, you just go up to the microphone and you could have it all written down or you could just have it written down and speak extemporaneously or you could just read it. No, no problem. So you could speak on uh, uh, the fact that we don't want our kids being masked in school. We don't want any forced masks. We want to be done with masks everywhere and or uh, talk about the vaccine passports. So uh, please help out. Please help out on that. Uh, so there's a couple uh, places that I'm going to suggest that you donate right now. One is the Recall Gavin 2020. Now, there's other supposedly, I'm putting air quotes around this, re- 
conservative groups that are trying after after recall Gavin 2020 did all the heavy lifting and got all those signatures over a million signatures. Now there's these other conservative groups that are trying to fundraise on the back of recall 2020 recall Gavin 2020. And they're wanting your money as well. This DeMaio down in San, San Diego pissing me off uh, wanting money. And he didn't do Jack Diddley about this. And so what he's trying to do is fund his conservative organization. I actually think he's, his name's in there is running for governor. But the fact is he's really not going to spend all the money you give him on this recall. And whereas recall Gavin 2020 or 2020.com is. So listen, nobody is going to rescue you. Nobody is going to secure your freedom. You need to get up off your couch Get out your wallet or your credit card, and you need to do something. I mean, I got people that have been working their rear off here around here for two years on this recall. And and now they're working on raising money, and they're working on getting people out to vote, and they're putting up signage in the area. What are you doing? It's The time is over for somebody else, you know, uh, washing, your, washing your underwear for you politically. You need to get up and take care of business. And, and this is either going to be a free country or you're going to have a communist country. Communist countries are people that are compliant. Just If you're just going to go along, get along to go along, go along to get along, you're going to be a communist. And you're going to let them tell you what to do, tell you when to get up, tell you when to go to sleep, tell you where to go to work, tell you where to go shop, tell you to stay home today because they don't want people on the streets today. They'll tell you to get up and say, you think, oh, Lou, you don't know what you're talking about. Listen, the problem is you don't know what you're talking about. That's the problem. I know exactly what I'm talking about, and I'm in contact with people in communist countries that will get a uh, that will get a four or five hundred dollar fine, which is like a three or four hundred. That's three or four months worth of labor for them. Third world countries, communists, they cannot leave their house without permission or they'll get a three or four hundred dollar fine. I know what I'm talking about because I'm involved over there, even though I can't travel there right now. I'm telling you that's coming here unless you stand up now. When you decide to stand up, if you're like dragging your feet, it may be you may just be wasting your time by the time you get to stand up. You need to get up and do something. So recall Gavin two zero two zero dot com. Just go there. You can click on donate. Give them your card number. And uh, donate uh, anything. Just donate something. The other person uh, is Tamika Hamilton. And uh, I think hers hers is Vote Tamika. Let me see if I can just pull it up here. I can't. It, I think it's VoteTamika.com. Uh, Let me just see if I, I'll just pull up here. She is a great candidate. And this is the second time she's coming. I think she won the last time, but they stole it from her. And uh, let's see, votetamika.org. So Tamika is T-A-M-I-K-I, T-A-M-I-K-I, uh, sorry, T-A-M-I-K-A, Tamika, votetamika.org. So just go there and hit donate and give them some money. Now, listen, this lady is a fantastic woman. She's a, a, a wife of a police officer. Both she and her husband were in the military. They're in different branches of the military. She's a sergeant, I believe, in the Air Force right now. And um, she has, I think they have five children now. They're very solid people. They're Christian people. 
she is sick of of people languishing in, in our in our community and not getting in homelessness and all the stuff and not getting anything done. She's a very fine person. We need somebody like her in Congress and get rid of John Garamendi, who who's never had a job other than politics. So please give money to uh, Tamika Hamilton. She lives down in Yolo County uh, in Dixon, but she serves uh, an, about portions of seven counties uh, in the she will serve in the Congress. And I'm telling you, she won the last election. They stole the election from her. And uh, she will be great. So it's vote Tamika, T-A-M-I-K-A dot org. Please help her out. So uh, those are some of the announcements that I wanted to get. These are critical things. Listen, our founding fathers used to say freedom is not free. And certainly all our military knows that, that some of them might, as I watch uh, military people come back, and even if they have all their limbs, they don't have all their... uh, their sense about them. They've been, they've been knocked silly traumatized and uh, they're having a tough time readjusting to or adjusting to the United States of America and leaving the, the front lines of war. But when I see people that have lost one, two, three limbs, unbelievable. And uh, to me, it's sickening that the sacrifice that they paid and our politicians do not, they become multi bajillionaires and don't give anything uh, to the cause, except they throw young, our best and our brightest young men and women uh, under the bus to be killed and maimed and uh, shot with chemicals and poisoned with Agent Orange. I'm just sick of it. And um, so it's our chance to do something, and, and we got to throw down and get it on. Now, I've been getting a lot of texts about who to vote for governor. There's no question in my mind who to vote for governor, and that's Kevin Kiley. Listen, if you're looking for a perfect candidate, there are none. Uh, to me, I'm fascinated. Some people will vote for someone who did nothing. They did zero to recall the governor. They haven't done a thing in, in California politics. They haven't fought against something. They haven't been on any committees. They haven't gone door to door. They haven't done anything. And all of a sudden, there's going to be a recall. They throw their hat in the ring. And they want to run for governor, and they want you to vote for them. I am not going to do that. And that includes Larry Elder. I don't think Larry. I think Larry Elder is way over his head. I think he's a nice guy and he's a good talk show host, but he is way over his head, and he is not a conservative. I'm telling you, he is not a conservative uh, a politician. And Kevin Kiley is the guy that's fought the fight. I'm telling you, who do you know that's ever written a book? Uh, who do you know that's ever sued the governor? Uh, you can sue the governor yourself as a citizen. Don't blame it on that. Uh, who who has written a book about the corruption? I mean, just pick pick the idea of writing a two or three hundred page book about any topic. Just getting the information together and not just BSing people. In this last year and a half, he's written a book about the corruption in California and Gavin Newsom. And Kylie has also worked up and down the state for two different recalls, the first one that failed. And and he's trying to re, already reverse Prop 19, which took away millions and millions of people's assets in limited uh, giving property from uh, older family members to younger family members, which used to be exempt from changes in their tax levels. So 
Anyway, I just ask people, what, what in the world does it take to get you to vote for somebody? It's like, oh, you would vote for Arnold Schwarzenegger type person like Larry Elder? I think I'll vote. Most people are voting like it's a personality deal, like it's a high school gig, like high school. Who's going to be president in our senior class? Oh, I like Susie. You know, she's a lot of fun. She's cute. <laughs> That's how people are voting for governor. Listen, people, the governor that gets voted in on this recall, he just got a little over a year, I think, to serve, and then he's got to run again. All he's not going to get four years. All he's going to do is finish out the term of the current governor, and then it's all, all and then it's all bets are off. You got to start all over. Now it's I, I saw a post by Kevin Kiley saying that I guess in one of his debates he he addressed the Democrats and he said, "Listen, <clears throat> he says uh, if you're unhappy the way things are, give me a chance." Kind of like a Trump comment. What do you have to lose? Remember, he said that to the black folks. He said, what do you have to lose? Give me a chance. The Democrats have been working you over for 100 years. And so basically what Kylie's saying is, give me a chance for a year. In a year, you can go back and vote for your Democrat guy if you end up with a good candidate. But he said, give me a year. I thought it was a great deal because, and I'm telling you, it's going to be a slugfest. You think, you think, uh, <clears throat> they're going to be any kinder to a Kylie a governorship than they were to President Trump. They threw everybody threw nails under his under his tires, including the Republicans. Uh, it's it's tragic what happened to President Trump. Just it's disgusting, sickening and tragic. And the same thing could happen to Kylie because uh, he is, you know, I've I've been watching his statements. I've been reading his uh his uh, blog for over a year, and he has been laying down. He it, he isn't using these these uh, superlatives or hyperbole like we're going to make California great or we're going to make California golden again or we got a lot of things to fix here. We're the last in everything. We're gonna we're gonna move to the top. He's saying I'm going to change all the mandates, all the mandates that have been in, insisted upon by Governor Newsom without any help of the legislature. He said, I'm just going to reverse them all. And he can because of the way they were done. So the mask mandate, all the foolishness of, of testing and nonsense, he could stop all that. The first day, he could stop all that and, uh, and get these schools open and get people back to school and deal with some of these crazy education things like critical race theory and all that kind of stuff. Listen, uh, you're not going to see that from Larry Elder. He does not have the pop to do that. He does not have the wherewithal. He's never managed anything. He's been a good talk show host. How about that? Uh, that's where he should have stayed. So uh, anyway, uh, I voted for Kylie. I don't and and uh, some people said to me, "Oh well, you know, well I don't I don't want to spend any more time on it. I'm done." So I'm going to move on. Um, we just got a f- half a minute here. I've got a. Um, I know a lot of you listen from another state, so this isn't applicable to you. But we have these advertisements for school catch-up immunization clinics, and it's not for smallpox. It's for the jab. And I'm telling you people, you're going to kill your youngins, and you're going to sterilize your female youngins. And they're putting these – you're going to have to sign a permission slip to get the shots – but they're offering doses one and two of Pfizer 
and uh, they're doing it right here on the Marysville High School campus. I, I'm just totally blown away. Gary Cena, uh, I didn't want him as superintendent, and uh, this is the reason why. He's got no backbone, and he, he doesn't think square. He doesn't think clear. So uh, uh, we'll be right back for our third segment. My name's Dr. Sean Brooks, PhD, um, Oxford. I have 48 publications, including 23 books. I've studied health medicine, anatomy, and physiology for approximately 21 years. Dr. Robert Malone, who created the messenger RNA vaccine, has said no one should ever take these jabs ever under any circumstance whatsoever. He created it, and he says don't ever do it. So let me explain what's going to happen to the people who have taken it. Excuse me. The people who have taken it are going to die in the next six months to three to five years for three reasons. Number one, you've dramatically decreased your own immune system by 35%. The first jab did it by at least 15. The second did it by 35. Now, if you take any booster shot, you will die. That's it. You take a flu shot in the future, you will die. The second reason, antibody-dependent enhancement. Antibody-dependent enhancement is what is happening with these jabs with everybody who has taken them. Unless, of course, you've taken a placebo, but there's no way that you would know that. So given that fact, antibody-dependent enhancement tricks the entire body into believing that the cell that's eating the pathogen is eating it when it isn't. It ends up leading to what's called a cytokine storm, which causes organ failure. That will cause your death, and there's no stopping that. No amount of drugs will stop that. The third thing, blood clotting. Everyone who has taken the jabs is blood clotting. If you don't believe me, there's a way you can find out. Take what's called a D-dimer test. What that does is that detects blood clotting at the microscopic level. They're cutting full blood clots out of people right now. As I'm talking to you, millions have died from the jabs. In your last meeting, you advocated for people to take the jabs potentially in the future along with wearing masks. And I heard parents say the same thing. So to the parents who are actually considering jabbing their own children, you're going to sterilize them permanently. People who have taken the jabs are sterilized. 80% of women who have been jabbed have lost their children in the first trimester. You can't have kids. You've also injected yourself with the equivalent of HIV. You can now no longer breastfeed, Donate blood, donate organs, donate blood plasma, nor bone marrow. If you don't believe me, try to donate blood and blood plasma and find out what happens. You will be denied. Unless, of course, you live in California, in which case they're allowing people to donate toxic blood with spike proteins in it. The jabs create spike proteins. They're in the jabs themselves. And they create it by snapping your RNA in half. You are no longer a human anymore. You are something else. And you are susceptible to countless diseases. Now, here's what's going to happen in the future very quickly. You have 15 seconds. Great. I don't know what percentage of your staff has taken the jabs, but your school is going to close. You will not stay open. You will close because they will fall ill and they will die. 
That will happen in all of your buildings. It will have. It's already happening. All right, thank you, sir. I, I bet it is. Thanks. It's already happening. Sure. Good luck. Because nothing can stop what's thank coming. Thank you, sir. Well, my comments about uh, just before the break were apropos, as they say, because uh, you heard the Dr. Sean Brooks clip, which I just ran across in the last 24 hours. Uh, And if you want to get a copy of that or you want to listen to that, you can just go to BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E dot com, BitChute. And just get in there and put in Sean Brooks, S-H-A-W-N, Brooks, B-R-O-O-K-S, Sean Brooks at bitshoot.com. And uh, you can look at that and take a copy of that and share it around yourself. Now, that should have scared the hell out of you uh, because it did me. I, I mean, I know this. I knew this jab was bad. Uh, and it is is not a vaccine in any way. It's a it's a euphemism. That's like saying that Planned Parenthood is for healthy families when they're killing three hundred thousand kids a year. So uh, Sean Brooks, you just that's what you just listened to before we got back uh, in the saddle here. So uh, it's scary when he says the the guy that came up with the HIV antidote medicine said that it's going to kill millions of people. Uh, the and it's going to kill them quick, and some in months, some in years, and it's going to have to do when you have the next bout, something comes to challenge your system, challenge your immune system, say the flu or some other thing. It's going to create what they call a cytokine storm in your system. Your immune system is going to freak out, and you're going to get really sick. You know, the when when you have a foreign um, a virus or a foreign bacteria or something, something enter your system. You really don't even know it unless your immune system is having a hard time dealing with it. And when the immune system is going into overdrive, that's when you pick up your fever, you pick up your body aches. It's not that it's not the, the, the creature that's in there. It's your system that is scrapping with this. And you're just got, you got a war going on inside. Uh, you're gonna. This thing's gonna kill you, and and it's not just average docs saying this. We're talking about some of the top medical scientists and and inventors and entrepreneurs in the medical field, and Judy Mikovits, uh, Sherry Tenpenny, uh, David Martin, he, uh, Henry Ely. I'm telling you, uh, I don't know how to. I, I'm not going to get excited about it. I'm just going to tell you that don't, I'm just telling you, do not take it. Do not take it. It is not going to improve your chances to fight disease ever, uh, any type of disease. So, okay, let's move on. So I was mentioning there's for you at Marysville high school, and I'm sure at your school, if you've got kids in high school, grammar school, you can go to the board meeting, and this is a chance to check. Even if it's not on the agenda, you can just get up there, and when you have to three-minute talk about anything, and uh, you can just go for it and just say, this is bad. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit later about the Nuremberg Code, and, and people say, oh, already 
legal beagles in, in California and said, oh, the Nuremberg Code, screw the Nuremberg Code. We're not going to, that's nothing. Yeah, you read the Nuremberg Code. Read it. It's in plain English, and it's not that long. And, in fact, I have a Cliff Notes version. And it's very plain that that if this does any harm, if people feel under any force, if people are not fully informed, the people that are delivering this toxic dose are in trouble, including the politicians that are pushing this, guys like Fauci and stuff. So this says at Marisol High School, and this is all put on by Health and Human Services. So who does that go back to? That goes right back to the Board of Supervisors in each county. And this is this in Yuba County at Health and Human Services, Dr. Lou. She, you know, God, God help me. She needs to be tried and sentenced and executed for her crimes against humanity. And you think, oh, Lou, you can't say that. Yeah, I can say that. I think anybody, anybody who has committed a crime against somebody needs to be tried and held accountable for their crime. In the Nuremberg trials, doctors who experimented and used drugs and needles and all kinds of nonsense, you know, just like putting masks on people, telling people they got to stay in their house, that's Nuremberg trial stuff. And uh, maybe you didn't think it was any big deal. It's a big deal. And when you read what the doctors did in Germany, they held them, uh, 16 of them were found guilty, and, and I think seven of them were hung. Now, listen, the crimes that are being committed against humanity now, we're talking about enslaving the whole world, right? They killed, the, the, the famous number is 6 million Jews. That wasn't all they killed and all they tortured. We're talking about, we're in the billions of people right here now. Now, the local health officers, we, we got 40 million people in California, 40 million. We have billions of people in the world now that are being misinformed and jabbed. It's bad news, people. And there are already uh, German lawyers and doctors that are filing uh, major worldwide lawsuits. And they're talking about the Nuremberg trials. So it says here that parents must complete two consent forms. Here's the deal. I'm interested in what the consent forms actually say because people don't have any idea the very fact that they're calling it a vaccine is a lie so now you don't have any confidence in the government because the government's going to lie to you so the government says oh you don't need a mask no you should wear a mask no you don't need one yeah you should wear one no wear two you should always wear a mask even after your vaccine first of all it said oh if you you know freedom it, the way to freedom is to get vaccinated then you can go to the sh- movies you can go wherever you want. You don't have to wear a mask anymore. You don't have to social distance. Now they've reversed all that. And they said, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You got to wear a, you got to wear a mask and you got to social distance. You know, people, they're just liars. They're cheats. They're bribed. Let me let me tell you this. You go to you. You don't have any money and you, and you get elected to Congress. Maybe you have fifty thousand dollars in the bank twenty thousand dollars right but you get elected to congress and your pays about one hundred seventy five thousand dollars a year you you stay there 10 or 15 years and you walk out and you got 50 million dollars where did the money come from that's what's going on here it's happening locally in this area it's happening in the state capital and you got you got rhino republicans james gallagher is a rhino republican and whether he whether he makes a difference in sacramento or not he gets paid the same amount of money same amount of money 
Do you think he and Kevin Kiley get the same amount of money? James Gallagher endorsed Prop 19 that took millions of dollars out of your pocket if you want to give your property to your children. He, he endorsed the erasing, he endorsed the, uh, the eroding of Prop 13 protections on property taxes. And, you know, Kevin Kiley is actually trying to overturn that. So we got James endorsing something that's a Democrat operation, a liberal operation, and we got Kylie trying to reverse that. So it's like, well, who's who's actually doing the work down there? It's a conservative. Kylie has been active left and right. My point is that politicians are not getting it done, and they're responsible for the mess that we're in. Now, thankfully, Gallagher and Kylie worked together on this lawsuit against Newsom, but we got Health and Human Services, Dr. Lou, who was brought to this country by the Soros Foundation, and she's a communist is what she is. You think, oh, well, I don't think she thinks she's a communist. She's acting like a communist. You cannot mandate. It's against the Constitution of the United States to tell people they have to get inoculated like a pig. We are not pigs. We're not cattle. You do not have to get inoculated. You do not have to wear a mask. I was telling this group we had a meeting last night. And I said, they said to shut down their businesses. And the people that stayed open, there there was a skirmish at, at uh, Uppercut's barbershop after he wouldn't close months ago. But the fact is he didn't close and no one did anything about it. He didn't get a, he didn't go to jail. They never had a court case. That means that every business in this area could have stayed open, but you didn't because you were scared to death or you just thought maybe you thought the vaccine, you thought the virus was as bad as they said, which was a lie. Listen, people tell me anything. Please email me something that they said that was actually a fact and true. It's going to be hard to find anything. It is not highly contagious. It is not highly fatal. Do you know that since COVID began, and this is the the deaths that the county called COVID, which are a lie because they were all old people or fat people, or people with all kinds of other problems. They weren't real COVID, like pure COVID, where you were just healthy as a horse and you got COVID and you died, right? They weren't any of that. Do you know when you add up all the COVID deaths in Yuba Sutter counties, you know how many you have per week in each county? One. One death per week. Oh, my God. Well, Lou, what if it was your grandpa? Listen, people, you've lost your minds. Don't you realize that in this community, in each county, literally hundreds of people die every year? I think it's six or seven hundred or something like that per county. And I don't think you've ever stayed up all night worrying about that unless it was your people. But it was just somebody died, hit by a car, heart attack, cancer, stillbirth. You didn't you didn't go down and grieve and wait for the family to come out of the hospital so you could hug them and give them flowers. You didn't do jack. And all of a sudden, you're so confused that you think one COVID death per week is worth shutting down 
the entire county. It's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. What's happened here is the normal cyclical time of the year cold came through, which is going to come every year. Do you know that the variants are calling them the Delta variant? Do you know that they have the variants listed out and named out about 10 or 12 more variants ahead? And, and actually the, the time of year that they're going to start? How do they know that? It's the same kind of thing where they, they, they're guesstimating they're going to have a certain amount of hurricanes a year, so they go ahead and pick the names A through Z. They're usually female names. And, uh, but they may or may not come to pass, but they're, they're uh, going to make this come to pass. And so people get sick. People have colds every year. You ever go a couple of years and you didn't have a cold? I have. I've been so thrilled because colds just get on my nerves. They're not that bad. They just like, oh, I hate the sore throat. I hate the runny nose. I hate the drip down the back of my throat. I hate the hacking all night. I hate the occasional fever, right? But, you, you know, you have it for a week or two and it goes on and you stay away from work. And then when you feel better, you go back to work and life goes on. Nobody shuts down anything. Nobody panics. Nobody scares the hell out of people. Do you know this? I, I don't have the name of the app. Do you know that um, Marysville Joint Unified School District has an app? And they have everybody on it, all their families. And say a child at Kynox School comes into contact, is not sick, but comes into the presence of a person that tested positive for COVID. Didn't get sick, just tested positive. They are taking that information when they learn it. Like Jose, little Jose, he came into contact with somebody that had COVID that tested positive for PCR tests of COVID. They then take that information. They don't name him, but they name a child or a first grader, second grader, fourth grader at Kynock was in the presence of a person with COVID. And they send that thing like as an Amber alert to every family in the district. Is that crazy? I would tell them to take me off the list. I don't want to know every time a kid farts or blows his nose or poops his pants. That's crazy. You are going to keep people on edge and totally freaked out and lose their mind by continually ding, 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 ding. Somebody got a teacher got sick at ABC school. So what? Teachers, we used to like go to school and where's Mrs. Jones? Oh, she's off. We're getting a substitute. We're getting a substitute. We're going to get a movie. It was like a good experience. Like what happened to her? Oh, she's got the flu. Oh, okay. Okay. We're going to see a movie now. (laughs) And then she'd show back up in a few days, right? Or in a week or so. That's how life was when people are normal. Now we have all these pussies with these safe spaces. So we, I got to know if I got a kid in the system, somehow the government of the schools is going to ding me every time a kid, kid's mask falls off his face or he farts 
or he had a high temperature or something, something. Listen, people, that is crazy. That's going to cause people to be mentally ill. What I would be thinking if I was a parent right now, if they started dinging me with, oh, well, this teacher got sick over here, and this this per- we don't know whether it's COVID, but they're really sick. And I would be thinking, what are you going to be thinking? Are they going to shut the school down again, right? They've been shutting it down, opening it up, shutting it down, opening it up. People's entire lives, their their economy in their households is based upon kids going to school and being somewhere where they're cared for and learning something. And you're going to say, oh, no, well, we don't. What's your first question? The phones are going to burn up. Honestly, it's it's the most crazy, insane policy I've ever heard in my life to harass parents with everybody that happens, everything that happens to everybody. You ever wonder something like, maybe just because I did LSD when I was a youngster. If in your brain, and say your kid was going to a school with 500 children in it, if your brain, you know how you leave the TV on if you have a TV, how you just leave it on, you let it play in the background. Have you ever wondered if you could hear the discussions in the fa- of families of 500 children all playing in your brain all the time, how long you would last. I would last just a couple hours and I would end it. That's what the kind of mental harassment this is doing using that crazy app. Now, here's the, here's the wild thing. It's one thing to do an Amber Alert. It's another thing to constantly harass people if somebody has a COVID fart. Now, that is simply incompetence at the highest level of the school system. And that incompetence, I, if I was a trustee, I would ask for a vote to not already. Gary Cena has retired. I would fire him. I would remove him from his position and, and I would crash that app and I would eliminate all apps. We do not know. We do not need to know how many kids are sick of whatever they're sick of on any campus, right? Now, it's one thing if if somebody comes in from Asia, a refugee, and he's in the sixth grade over at Anna McKinney, or seventh grade, and he comes and he's got tuberculosis symptoms, right? It's a highly communicable, and you can get really sick, and he needs to be treated over the long term, right? And all kids need to be tested, right? They test everybody in the class. That's different. But you don't let everybody know every time somebody drops a pencil health-wise in the whole district without naming it. It's anonymous. But it's like, who wants to know that? I would tell, I would say, listen, keep all that crap off my phone. Don't ever ding me, call me, robocall me. It's crazy. It's crazy. I had a teacher tell me about that. It's the most crazy, inappropriate, psychologically damaging effort uh, I've ever heard of. Now, the interesting thing. uh, Let's see. We're about done there with our third segment. And I don't know whether I can pull something off here in a minute. Oh, I want to give a shout, I do, to um, this guy. I, I never knew this guy, uh, but uh, the Blue Star Mom, Sacramento Blue Star Mom, sent through a, we want to honor this guy. He's a fallen hero. 
And I remember him. He's a local fellow, Harvey E. Parker, Parkerson the third. He's he was uh, 27 when he died, Yuba City, California, and he died in Iraq uh, for our country. And uh, he died 17 years ago today, as of August 18th, which is yesterday. I'm doing this a couple of days ahead from my the date of my podcast. Harvey was assigned to Battalion Landing Team, 1st Battalion, 4th Marine Regiment, 11th Marine Expeditionary Unit, Special Operations Capable at Camp Pendleton, California. And uh, thank you, my friend and all your family members. And we're very sorry for the loss. Harvey Parkinson, Parkerson, not Parkinson, Parkerson III, 27 years of old, old when he died. And I just want to honor him. We're going to do, uh, take a break, and uh, we're going to do our uh, fourth segment in a minute. we got some good clips for you. Hold on. Listen to them. People rallied for their parental rights outside the Tustin School Board. California Assemblyman Kevin Kiley, who is now running for governor, joined their fight. To make sure that we don't continue to have a failed education model in California, that our education system doesn't continue to be owned by a special interest group whose business model is to keep kids trapped in failing schools, we need to shift the entire paradigm for public education in California so that we empower parents, so that we put choice in the hands of parents and in the hands of families in order to find the education that's right for their kids. Inside, Kylie told the board to represent parents as they were elected to do. I'm Kevin Kiley. I'm the vice chair of the California State Assembly Education Committee. And uh, I want to first apologize to you on behalf of the state of California uh, because you, for the last 16 months and before that, had to deal with mandate after mandate from the science deniers in Sacramento. And I know it's made it very hard for you to do your jobs. But at this point, we know California was one of only a handful of states to have a school shutdown order statewide, and now we're one of only a handful of states that's defying the CDC by having a statewide mask ordinance. And I know that it puts you as board members in a difficult position, but I'd say there are a few things you could do that would help all of our cause for California to do the right thing for kids. Number one, fully support Let Them Breathe lawsuit against the state of California. Number two, with a unified voice, tell Governor Newsom to end the mask mandate and do the right thing for kids. And number three, since our state government is so inept that it tripped over its own prior laws is now throwing enforcement back into your hands, here's just an idea I'd have. I see you have professional governance standards over here. You could post the mask policy from the state right there, and then you've done your job. It's enforced. Other than that, leave the kids alone. All these folks here are parents. They know what is best for their kids better than anyone. Certainly better than this governor does or better than any bureaucrats in Sacramento do. So it's about time that we started putting, kid, started putting kids first in the state of California and districts can be a powerful voice in making that happen. Thank you very much. Imagine wearing a t-shirt or displaying a poster or waving a flag. 
emblazoned with the face of a brutal killer who openly expressed racist anger at blacks and indigenous people, and on this guy's disgust for gays. Well, it's not something you have to imagine. It's done every day. Somewhere on a college campus or at a social justice protest, somebody is celebrating a psychopath. The famous face, of course, belongs to Ernesto Che Guevara. It's one of the most perverse jokes in modern life that so many people, especially young people, exalt him as a hero. Strange hero. He personally murdered or had murdered and personally tortured or had tortured thousands of Cuban citizens. He would have happily murdered and tortured many more if he had lived longer. The only thing that stopped him was a bullet. He was killed in 1967 at the age of 39, trying to organize a communist revolution in Bolivia. They say only the good die young. Che was an exception. But Che still captures the popular imagination. Why? Hell if I know. Unless you're into sadistic thug worship, I am at a loss. Maybe it's as simple as this. People don't really know anything about what Che actually did, only what they think he did. They think he was a handsome, sexy, hip, brainy revolutionary who sought freedom and equality for his people, a Hispanic Robin Hood, a martyr who sacrificed himself for others. In short, a tragic symbol of righteous rebellion. Except this is nonsense. The real Che was a murderous, homophobic, racist hypocrite. Yet Che flags are a feature at Black Lives Matter protests. Go figure. Here is Che on race. The black is indolent and a dreamer, spending his meager wage on frivolity or drink. Che explicitly stated that his vision of socialist utopia did not include blacks. We're going to do for blacks exactly what blacks did for the revolution, he said, by which I mean nothing. Or how about this? The blacks, those magnificent examples of the African race who have maintained their racial purity thanks to their lack of an affinity with bathing. If you want to cancel George Washington or Thomas Jefferson, what do you do with Che? The answer is, you give him a pass. As the saying goes from the French Revolution, there are no enemies to the left. We see a similar confusion among the LGBTQ crowd. Che's face decorates many a pride poster and a rainbow t-shirt, and yet Che was an unapologetic homophobe. He called gay men perverts. He locked them up in camps and forced them to labor under a sign that read, work will make you men. In 2017, HuffPost published an article titled, Are You Gay? Che Guevara would have sent you to a concentration camp. The crusading humanitarian is not exactly checking the intersectional boxes, is he? Like a good Marxist, he claimed to despise luxuries and creature comforts, yet his Havana home was a vast mansion with a swimming pool, seven bathrooms, a sauna, a massage room, a private yacht harbor, and five TVs. Not exactly an anti-materialist setup. Of course, he acquired this modest abode not by working for it, but at the end of a gun. In short, he stole it. This, according to professor of political science Paul Kengor, is a perfect summation of communism in practice. The revolutionary leader has the bourgeois enemy of the state dispatched, appropriates his property in the name of the worker, and then claims it for himself. But of the things Che was, most of all, he was a liar. He lied about everything. 
He lied about being a doctor. He wasn't. There is no record that he ever graduated from medical school. He lied about being a military genius. He wasn't. He botched just about every military operation he ever led. He lied about knowing how to manage an economy. In fact, he trashed a growing Cuban economy during his brief span as Ministry of Industries. People have long forgotten that Cuba in the 1950s, before Fidel and Che took over, was one of the strongest economies in Latin America. According to a 1957 UN report, the average wage for an eight-hour day in Cuba is higher than for workers in Belgium, Denmark, France, and Germany. What may be worse than Che's endless lies about himself is that so many people lied for him. I'm talking about the left-leaning journalists, academics, and A-list Hollywood stars and directors. They are the ones who built up, marketed, and have perpetuated the constellation of falsehoods that surround the hate-filled revolutionary. Why did they do it? One simple reason. Because Che personifies anti-Americanism, hatred for the United States. That's what the Che obsession is really all about. So if you hate America, I guess Che is as good a symbol as any, but that says as much about you as it does about the psychopath you are celebrating. I'm Gloria Alvarez for Prager University. I think it's pretty obvious that this uh, virus came from a lab in China, right? I mean, China. Okay. Um, woo! Where is your tinfoil hat? Like, honestly, do you wear it all the time or just at home or... I mean, two weeks to slow the spread stuff. This is going to last longer than two weeks. Just watch. It's only going to be two weeks, okay? They clearly stated it's just going to be two weeks to slow the spread. They're going to try to keep the churches shut down. No, they're not. You sound crazy, okay? They're going to push for vaccine passports. They are. They're going to push for vaccine passports. Oh my gosh, they're not going to push for anything. You sound like a nut job. Any kind of lockdown is going to give more power to, to government and it's, it's going to destroy the economy. Destroy the economy. Oh my gosh, what are you, an economist now or something? I'm just... There was none and has never, ever been any Trump-Russia collusion. That is not true, okay? Trump and Putin are best friends. I mean, they are... They're best friends. We will see inflation if Biden gets in. I'm just saying, if he gets in, we're going to see inflation. There will be no inflation. People are never going to want to go back to work after this shutdown. I'm just saying. They're... Uh, no. People will want to go back to work. There's some really dark stuff on Hunter Biden's computer. Like, dark. Have any of you guys seen it? There is no laptop. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Where is your hat? Where, where is the tinfoil hat? Where do you keep it? We will see higher gas prices if Biden gets in. Just, just, you know, make a note of that. <laughs> Call me crazy, but actually we do. We, uh, we all think you're crazy. We're concerned about your mental health. I think it's pretty obvious who the big guy is in the emails. Um, but again, that's just me. Let's know when that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. That makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your couch. 
Okay, welcome back. Uh, I have been very interested in, I've been reading a lot of short things about uh, Nazi Germany, about the World War II, about the heroics during World War II, and uh, a lot of the heroics of uh, part of women and blacks and all kinds of people, but women uh, that were involved in everything from making planes to flying planes and doing incredible things, but then also women that did amazing things in the resistance in um, in the countries that were at the center of the European fight. And uh, I want to read this to you. This is a great story. It says in late 1941 in the uh, in the Bielistock ghetto in Portland, a beautiful baby named Michael Rosenzine was in very bad condition. His father was somewhere in Poland fighting for freedom, and his mother, Genia, had been murdered already by the Nazis. Michael's aunt knew that he wouldn't survive much longer in the ghetto, so she contacted Genoefa Macher, a young Polish woman who knew Genia. Genoefa immediately accepted to take the baby. She then entered the ghetto and managed to smuggle the baby out. Day after day, week after week, Genoefa gave Michael all the love, care, and attention he needed. At that time, she was not married and lived with her mother, who thought she was taking too many risks. Everyone knew what happened to people who helped or harbored a Jew. But Genoefa was clearly willing to die to save the little boy. To avoid arousing suspicion, she had him baptized in public and gave him a Christian name. Michael loved Genoefa as much as she loved him, and together they survived the German occupation. In 1944, Michael's father, who was still alive, briefly left his comrades to find his boy. When he did, he took his little boy in his arms and broke into tears. Seeing that his son was in very good hands, he returned to combat duty and came back when the war was over. Michael and Genoefa stayed in touch and never forgot each other. In 2003, Yad Vashem recognized Genoefa Macher as Righteous Among the Nations. That's an award, Righteous Among the Nations. That same year, this exceptional woman died. And um, so that's, uh, that's an amazing story. There, there was a picture. She's a beautiful woman. Uh, when she took, uh, and, and Michael was a very handsome young, young boy. The other one I wanted to read you is Irina Sindler, not Schindler, but Send, like Send, S-E-N-D-L-E-R. Uh, she lived in from February 15, 1910 to May 12, 2008. She was a Polish nurse slash social worker who served in the Polish underground during World War II and is head of, um, of the children's section of Zagoda, an underground resistance organization in German-occupied Warsaw, Poland. Uh, she assist, she's assisted by some two dozen other Zagoda members. Sindler smuggled some 2,500 Jewish children out of the Warsaw ghetto and then provided them with false identity documents and with housing outside the ghetto, saving those children during the Holocaust. 2,500, come on. The Nazis eventually discovered her activities, tortured her, and sentenced her to death, but she managed to evade execution and survive the war. In 1965, Sindler was recognized by the State of Israel as righteous among the nations. 
Later in life, she was awarded Poland's highest honor for her wartime humanitarian efforts. She appears on a silver 2008 Polish commemorative coin honoring some of the Polish righteous among the nations. I just think those are great stories, and I think we're going to have some of those uh, in our lives uh, because the country is being taken over by Nazis and communists, and I think we're going to be dealing with the same exact thing. Uh, my friend Barry Roper, who I used to work with, sent this uh, little meme. He says, the IRS has returned my tax return to me this year after I apparently answered one of the questions incorrectly. In response to the question, do you have anyone dependent on you, I wrote 9.5 million illegal immigrants, 1.1 million crackheads, 3.4 million unemployable scroungers, 80,000 criminals in over 85 prisons, plus 650 idiots in Washington. The IRS was stated the IRS stated the answer I gave was unacceptable. I then wrote back and said, "Who did I leave out?" That that was a great answer. The other thing was sent to me was a photograph of an overhead on a large flat screen projector type thing, TV or whatever. This is an this is an actual Department of Homeland Security PowerPoint with their emblem right on the left. And uh, it at the top says potential terror threats. I want you to think through this when I read them. Uh, potential th- ter- terror threats, groups. First one, opposition to COVID measures. I want you to think about that. Now, if you think this COVID thing is a totally righteous and it's a very, very vicious, fatal, troubling disease, and you believe Tony Fauci and Deborah Burks and all these people, you're not going to get this. But if you had your business shut down and you've been jerked around and you know that sitting in your house all day is not making you well, it's making you sicker, wearing a mask isn't making you well, it's making you sicker. If you know all that, then then you're a part, you're a potential terror threat. Opposition to COVID measures is people that are potential terror threats. Number two, claims of election fraud, belief that Trump can be reinstated. These people are considered terror threats with the Department of Homeland Security. And finally, uh, those that honor and and uh, memorialize 9-11 anniversary, September 11th, and religious holidays are considered terror threats. So there is a national terror alert now ahead of the 9-11 20th anniversary. Did you know the 20th anniversary here coming up? So I was thinking about it today because getting ready for this show – I, I, we've started a Yuba Sutter militia back in a, about June of this year. And um, because we believe there's hard times coming to the county, and it's not just to carry guns and shoot people, but it's to provide aid and help and provide a, a, an infrastructure protection uh, to help people, feed people, water people, get people that are sick, uh, aid people when the entire community collapses. So uh, 
the the next training, if you're interested in being a part of a militia, in fact, anybody can become a part, whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you're fit, whether you're unfit. I mean, I mean that in great shape. That's what I mean by that. Uh, whether you've been in the military or not, certainly we love people that have been in the military. They bring so much skill to the table and to the group and training. So if you're former military, whether no matter which wartime or non-wartime you were trained in the military we appreciate you so uh the next training is on i believe 9 11 is on a saturday and the next training day is on a saturday it's always at church glad tidings if you're interested in uh joining the militia or knowing more about it you can get a hold of uh courtney ortega at church of glad tidings and uh, she'll connect you with a guy named john tade so he served for many years with the Marine Corps. And then after service ended there, he went over to National Guard and served as a leader there. And then he became a school teacher. And now he's he's uh, going to start a school here with his wife uh, as soon as we can find a site to put him on. But he's running the militia, which is a blessing. Good thing. So anyway, John Tate could interview. There's some forms to fill out, basic forms. Just get your information down. But if you want to be a part of that, if you're good in communications, if you're good in how to just organizing people, uh, medical, uh, firearms, um, any kind of, you know, any kind of the skills, uh, you'd be really welcome. So uh, the, the phone number at Church of Glad Tidings is 530-671-3160, and just ask for Courtney Ortega. And I don't have her extension right off. The, they may they probably give it online, Courtney Ortega or Courtney Allen. She just got married. So it uh, could be Allen or, or Ortega, and then you could just hit her up and leave a message there. So, but uh, she'll hook you up, okay? All right, so that's the uh, the terror threats. So if you're... If you're uh, going to honor the dead and the injured and those that uh, suffered on 9-11 than your potential terror threat. I like what Rand Paul said. I've been thinking about this a lot late, lately and reading different people, Chris Ann Hall's stuff. She's been teaching on the Constitution. And Rand Paul, who I think has been a, a real great spokesperson at the federal level because he is a um, ophthalmologist in other words he's a, a doctor but he works specifically on eyes not optometrist but someone that can he's a person that he's a full-blown doctor that can prescribe medicine he's a surgeon etc so uh he said we should never forget the constitution wasn't written to restrain citizens behavior i think people miss this nowadays we should never forget the Constitution was not written to restrain citizens' behavior. It was written to restrain the government's behavior. Now, the remember, the, uh, the Constitution of the United States of America, the federal Constitution, was written for those reasons. And then each state, all 50, as Obama say, all 58 states, all 58 states, according to Obama, each have their own Constitution— and they do the same thing. They are not to restrain the people. They are written to restrain the government. Now, I want you to compare now uh, Gavin Newsom, who's our governor in California. He basically put our Constitution on pause and basically said it was of none effect during an emergency, that, that you couldn't work the Constitution. But then how, does, how do you restrain government if the Constitution is— it, you, you know, we just exempt the Constitution. 
Like uh, it's kind of like governor uh, when Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor. Right after he became governor, somebody went into a big mall. I think they used to call it the Galleria Mall. I don't know whether it is or not. And near Roseville, California, and they seemed like they shot it up. And when they shot it up, it caught on fire, and it was right before the holidays, Christmas. So uh, what, what they did to try to build it back quicker, because California is so heavy in regulation, uh, like it may take you six months to get a building permit here, for instance, right, for something simple. And uh, so they waived a lot of the rules to allow that mall t- to, to build back quickly in an emergency. So Gavin Newsom just waived all the restraints on government during COVID. And he took over the government and didn't even get, instead of getting author, authorization for spending through the, through the assembly, which is where that happens, he just ignored it and spent the money. Made, remember, he made the billion-dollar purchase of masks that were faulty from China. And then he made a second purchase from, you know, this guy is totally corrupt. There isn't anything he does that's right. Nothing. So uh, let me let me cover this. Uh, Let's see what else we got. We got quite a bit, but I'm not going to be able to go through it anyway. I'm just trying to pick and choose what I what I think is most important. Um, Let's see. So we got one, two, three. We're in our fourth segment. Okay. so I I always want to go the the Nuremberg Code is broken down into 10 segments. And I'm just going to mention the titles of these segments. So the first one is voluntary consent. Number two is scientific studies that should back up whatever medical they want to do. In other words, this all has to do with practicing medical procedures on people. So when can you do it? When can't you do it? For what? For what not? So it says, first of all, you got to have voluntary consent. You do not have voluntary consent when you hold people's jobs over their head or you say you can't attend school or you can't buy food or you can't go to that that you can't go to your son's graduation unless you take the jab. That is not voluntary consent. That's like saying to somebody that's starving, we'll we'll give you um, we'll give you some uh, food if you'll take a jab. That's not voluntary consent. And it has to be well-informed consent. People have no idea what they're talking about with this gene therapy. Voluntary consent assumes well-informed consent. And people need to be subject. They need to be in their full legal capacity. They need to be, they need to have their wits about them. And we know that in society, our society I walked through a bunch of people tonight near Walgreens across the street. I went over to get some food and had to go into Walgreens. And uh, there were all kinds of people out of their minds out there. Those people cannot give consent. They're not in their right minds. Number two, scientific studies. Experiments should aim at positive results for society and be necessary. This shot is not necessary. There's no way this shot's necessary, and it is not positive for society. This thing is going to abort is aborting babies, making women sterile, and is killing people. Number three, prior knowledge. Experiments should be justified based upon previous knowledge. There's no way you can justify this. The only people that are benefiting by this is the pharmaceutical companies making twenty five dollars a shot. 
Injury and suffering, number four. Experiments should be set up in a way that voids unnecessary physical or mental suffering and injury. There's no way this is happening. We're putting people in the hospital, giving them the jab with shingles, uh, blood clots in the brain, irritated, irritated eyes, myocarditis, my, I think it's myocarditis, which is a uh, inflammation of the heart on young people. We're injuring people. Millions of people are going to the hospital, folks. If you don't know that, that's not my fault. I'm not making it up. It should be void of unnecessary physical or mental suffering and injury. Number five, experiment should not be conducted when there is reason to believe in risk of death or serious injury. These are Nuremberg Code violations that the world agreed on. Number six, protection. Risk of experiment should never exceed human benefit. The risk should not exceed the benefit. There is no benefit. Zero. There is zero benefit in this. All kinds of top doctors and scientists are saying there is no, this thing, not only is there no benefit, this thing's going to kill people. It's going to sterilize your women. It's going to abort your babies. Number seven, preparations and facilities must adequately protect the subject against the experiment's risks. Qualified researchers under number eight. Researchers must be fully trained and scientifically qualified. We have health doctors that absolutely can't find their butt with either hand. And all they're doing is doing what the people above them are telling them. They're doing, they're telling you to do things that make you sick. There's nothing about the mandates that are making you healthy. They're making you sick. Freedom to withdraw, number nine. Participants must be free. Listen to this. You remember what free used to mean? You could just get up and go where you want, right? You could get on a plane. You know, you know what the first big move was to restrict our freedoms? The first big one. It happened after 9-11. What was it? It was the TSA. The TSA has never proven to save planes from going down. It's just put a lot of big fat welfare workers to work. Babes that could hardly button the front of their pants or guys. And taking your shoes off, pulling your belt off, taking, separating all your personal possessions from your pants, taking your coat off is nothing but mental harassment prisoner of war type harassment making you jump through all kinds of hoops it has nothing to do with safety oh they say it's about safety but where's the proof how often do they catch people with a bomb in the luggage it's that that's when it first started they could tell they could tell well we're not even flying now but i mean they could tell you now well, they're already telling you, you can't get on this plane unless you wear a mask. Do you know that? And then they say, they say this on the plane, which is a complete lie. That's a state law that you have to wear the mask on the plane. There isn't any law. There's no law in the United States of America that you have to wear a mask. 
If Southwest Airlines wants to say you have to wear a, a blue jock strap for men to get on the plane, they can do that. But the fact is, uh, people could choose to fly JetBlue or some other competitor, right? But right now, the pilots are saying that you have to, that it's a state law. It is not a state law, and they are gnarly about it. If they see you with that mask down below your nose, they'll have they'll have the hissy fit, throw you completely off the plane. We're out of time. We're going to go to the fifth segment. We have fifth and sixth segments to go. We'll be right back. Your 60 seconds update on the batshit bonkers world in which you now live. Jacinda Ardern St. Jacinda has locked down the whole of New Zealand over a single case of COVID. Yes, the whole country. In Australia, you're no longer allowed to leave the country, return to the country. Dan Andrews wants people to drink through their mask, with their mask on their face. And Scott Morrison said he's going to vaccinate 24,000 children without their parents present. In good news, the Taliban has said it will respect the rights of women under so far as Islamic law allows, which I think is a bit like being a chicken and being told you're going to have all the rights of a battery chicken, which if that isn't good news, I don't know what is. And finally, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, the disappointment, have said they are speechless about what's happened in Afghanistan and then have used more words than a dyslexic with verbal diarrhea to express just how speechless they are. There you go, that's it for today. Afghanistan. After Al-Qaeda terrorists attacked us on 9-11, our brave warriors, special forces, they quickly deployed to defeat Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. They accomplished their mission rapidly and effectively, and that is when they should have returned home. But the elite, they wanted to nation build, getting us into a 20-year war with no clear mission or strategy, causing massive suffering and wasting trillions of taxpayer dollars. Afghanistan, the question is this, will we hold accountable the elite, the political leaders, the mainstream media, the military leaders, defense contractors, etc., who got us into and kept us in this foolish, short-sighted mission to turn Afghanistan into a quote-unquote democracy, costing us over a trillion dollars and countless lives? Unlikely. And will we blindly allow the elite to drag us into new, even more costly military adventures in the name of spreading or protecting democracy? Probably. Out of aloha, we weep for the suffering that the elite have already caused. Out of aloha, we must stop them from causing even more. Welcome back. This is our fifth segment, and uh, 
So I was just talking about the end of the Nuremberg Code, which is 10 points, and this is kind of the cliff notes. It's not that long to read in its entirety, and it's actually very interesting, but it's very simple, and it's very reasonable, and it's not anything outlandish. Uh, it says uh, freedom to withdraw. Participants must be free to immediately with quit at any time and for any reason. Listen, if you're employed somewhere, even even though they don't have any scientific reason for you to, uh, the science the science on this whole thing of forcing people is bogus. It's never going to stand up in court, and somebody's going to get in real trouble for it. And I can't wait. And finally, number ten, termination of study. Researchers must stop the experiments at any time when continuation could result in harmful consequences to the participant. When have you ever seen a, a national effort? to inoculate everybody with tens of thousands of people dying and ended up, uh, people ended up in the hospital totally screwed up. It, it, it's a first. There's never been anything like this. There's never been, in, in, in the 1970s, I think what the swine flu was an example. A lot of people got crippled, some died. It was a debacle, just like like now. But uh, but nothing compared to it, it. It that was an attempt at a true vaccine. This nothing like this. This is crazy. This is off the charts crazy. So okay, uh, all right. Let me get get back to the right my right thing here. Chris Ann Hall sent this through. She's the uh, lady that put together the. Uh, study on the constitution liberty university and one of the founding fathers in 1788 richard henry lee said we are not only to guard against this is talking about remember i talked to last week about thomas Paine, that patriots you know most people think of patriots as somebody that's vigilant about protecting american from foreign invaders but that's not how the founding fathers looked at it. They felt patriots were actually keeping the government from overtaking the people. They felt the big enemy, the potential enemy of society was the federal government. And Thomas Paine felt patriots, the job of patriots was to be vigilant about the local government. Not, not, uh, Not a government, say, from Afghanistan attacking us or Germany or something. So Richard Henry Lee said, we are not only to guard against what men will do, but even against what they may do. Men in high public offices are in stations where they gradually lose sight of the people and do not often think of attending to them except when necessary to achieve or to answer private purposes. Let me read that to you again. They wrote a little bit differently than we write today. So sometimes you have to say that. I've said it a couple of times to get it. We are not only to guard against what men will do, but against even what they may, what they may do. Men in high public offices are in stations where they gradually lose sight of the people, and they do. And do not often think of attending to the people, except when necessary 
to answer private purposes. What is he talking about there? He's talking about private purposes get elected again. Their personal private purposes or to get paid off or, or to get a bribe or a loan. So Chris Ann Hall at chrisannhall.com says our Constitution creates a very limited power in our federal courts. Listen to this about the federal courts. This is totally freaky. Many will justify unconstitutional judicial review claiming the Supreme Court protects our rights. She said, for every defense of rights, I can show you at least one example of destruction by federal courts. Those who ratified the Constitution knew throughout history it has always been the courts that united with those in power and tyranny against the people. The courts unified with those in power. This is why our federal courts were never supposed to have the power they, they claim today. That is why the drafters designed the most limited form of judiciary ever seen in history. However, through generations of education engineered by those in power, the American people have become hypnotized by error and the promise of com- comfort. I'll say that again. The majority of Americans... Uh, The American people have become hypnotized by error and the promise of comfort. They become sissies. The majority of Americans truly and errantly believe liberals, conservatives, and independents that our courts define their own limits and the limits of our rights and are checked by no one but themselves. It's time to correct these errors in our education. And she says, sign up for our online courses at Liberty First University, all one word, libertyfirstuniversity.com to get educated today. Listen, she is a great educator, and you will learn things in her class that, that I'm telling you, you're not going to ever get in the public system. She digs some very cool stuff out of and teaches on people you've never heard of. Now, she was really against Amy Comey Barrett, and she said she is not a conservative. And everybody thought, oh, Amy Comey Barrett, Amy Comey Barrett. Trump said Amy Comey Barrett. And you remember how they tried to trash her, and she has these children, and she has an adopted child, and this and that. She's a Catholic lady, da-da-da-da. Amy Comey Barrett, she's a conservative. Let me show you how she's not conservative. Amy Comey Barrett declined a request to block Indiana University's vaccine mandate. In other words, these universities are saying, you cannot work here unless you're vaccinated with the COVID vaccine, which is not a vaccination. You cannot go to school here without a COVID vaccination. So they got sued, just like some students at, at Chico State, right up the road here from me, Cal State University Chico. They sued, and back at Indiana University, they sued some students back then, and Jamie and Justice Amy Comey Barrett. When I heard, well, anyway, I'm just going to go on. Justice Amy Comey Barrett declined a request to block Indiana University's vaccine mandate, signaling that similar policies going into effect amid a COVID 19 surge could pass legal muster. That means the Chico case. She heard us in California. She is not a conservative. Barrett, who has jurisdiction over the appeals court. In other words, 
this didn't go to the Supreme Court. It went to the appeals court, and, and she just called it on her own. She made the decision. Barrett, who has jurisdiction over the appeals court involved in the case, acted alone without referring the matter to the full court. And so Chris Ann Hall then says about what I just read. She said, I was viciously attacked by Christians and conservatives during and after the Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation hearing when I tried to explain that every bit of evidence pointed to one conclusive truth. Amy Coney Barrett is not a constitutionalist. She is not a friend of religious liberty or any liberty for that matter and not a true conservative. Just like Kavanaugh, my assessment of Barrett has been proven to be correct. I really didn't like saying, I told you so. I wish I was wrong. I wish people would have been willing to see the abundant and clear evidence. But I say this now, so we do not repeat the same mistakes over and over, if and when we get another opportunity. So Chris Ann Hall said, when you look at her decisions and her behavior on courts, there was no way she was conservative. This is because it's just like the, the different terminology. We, we take the term conservative. And so they say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, do you believe in abortion? Yeah, I believe in abortion. Listen, be something, but at least let's get a right label over what people stand for. So, James Gallagher would say he's a conservative, but he endorsed Prop 19, which which eroded Prop 19 was voted on by the uh, Prop 19 wasn't. But the previous propositions people voted on, like Prop 13, 58 and 218, they voted on on changing the way the tax structure and reducing the high taxes in California, and they had a lot of tax protections built in those propositions over the years. The people voted on it, not the legislature. They would never do such like that. Then Prop 19 gets put on the ballot by the legislature, and James Gallagher endorsed Prop 19, which eroded. In other words, if I want to give my property in a trust or if I had a business, give my business to my kids— I can do that, but not with tax protection. The tax protection on the properties, they're now all the properties are going to be reassessed and there will be excess taxes lodged against my children. And what happens when that occurs is that many kids don't have any revenues to pay those extra taxes and they just get rid of the property. So the property is lost to the children because they can't pay the, the dues, the extra dues to the government. And though the, the property was paid, people paid taxes on the property, on the business, on all the assets for years and years and years and over and over and over, property tax, property tax, property tax, every year, 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 all these assessments, assessments, fire fees, all the stuff, you paid all those years, then you got to pay again to give it to your kids. It's criminal. And we have a guy that says he's a conservative, but he voted for that. Now, that's crazy, people. And unless you understand what conservatism really is, that money belongs to the people. Government does not have its own money. It just has money it takes from us. And it takes too much and wastes too much. I had a meeting with some Caltrans people today or this week because they're going to make some changes around the church I attend, the highways and stuff, to save lives. It's a good idea. 
but it's going to really change a lot of things and it's, it may create some dangerous situations at our church getting in and out of our church property so i'm kind of the the liaison with caltrans california department of transportation so we had a they didn't want to meet face to face because of covid so we had one of these calls conference calls they were all very nice people very nice and very knowledgeable and i told them so i said i really appreciate your work and and i appreciate you have great ideas here and i'm into saving lives just like you are so after it was a good meeting and after the meeting i began pondering the fact that our own about five years ago our own california government uh they they did a study on all the departments of the government to see if they needed to had enough employees needed to hire more employees etc and they came up with the idea i think they came up with that they had over 3000 employees in the department of transportation they did not need they had a surplus of employees and instead of making an adjustment there how would you, you there's a number of ways you can make adjustments when you end up in that predicament one is you could give people early retirements you could do it through attrition in other words when you have a certain number of people retire every year anyway so you just don't hire back those positions uh you know, there, there's a number of ways where you can lighten a load. Instead of doing that, Jerry Brown added positions. It's just crazy. And I got, I got to thinking, because we have the one of the nicest, biggest buildings in the city of Marysville and the county of Yuba is Caltrans District 3 offices. But it's massive. I've never, I've been inside, but not been around much. But it's just government just gobbling up assets. And uh, so anyway, uh, I want to go on here, and, and we just got a part of this segment. we got five minutes here, and then um, I want to read this. we got five minutes, and I want to talk a little bit about our sponsors that helped me stay on the air here. said, so a father said to his daughter, you have graduated with honors, and uh, here is a Jeep I bought many years ago for you. It's a pretty it's pretty old now, but before I give it to you, take it to the used car lot downtown and tell them I want to sell it and see how much they'll offer you for it. The daughter went to the used car lot, returned to her father and said they offered me a thousand dollars because they said it looks pretty worn out to them. The father said, Well take it on to the pawn shop and the daughter went down to the pawn shop and returned to her father and said the pawn shop offered me only $100 because it's an old Jeep. The father then asked his daughter to go to the Jeep club now and show them the Jeep. The daughter took the, took, uh, the Jeep to the club, returned, and said to her father, Father, some people in that club offered me $100,000 for that Jeep because it's an iconic Jeep and sought by many Jeep collectors. Now, the father said this to his daughter. The right place values you the right way. If you are not valued, don't be angry about it. It means you're in the wrong place. Those who know your value are those who appreciate you. Never stay in a place where no one sees your value. Is that good or what? That's good stuff right there. I thought, how cool is that? 
I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get all upset when people don't see how valuable I am. I'm such a valuable person. I'm just going to let it, let it go, let it go, let it go. So let's see. Uh, I'm looking here for something that I can do in a few minutes. Okay, let me do this. How about Green? I'm going to do a eulogy for Greenville. This lady wrote a eulogy for her town. Do you see we're burning up another city? I call now summer is called Newsom winter because it's like winter here. It's overcast with, with uh, it's cool because of the smoke. She said, my defiantly quirky, beautiful, adopted hometown turned into a ghost town last night. There are so many things I could tell you about Greenville. There were over a thousand people and change, though the population still said 2000 on the sign we all have an opinion about everything we are a microcosm of america and often frustrated with each other greenville is filled with do-gooders volunteers retirees hippies bikers rednecks ranchers cowboys natives and people who never felt like the town they were born in was right <clears throat> was quite the right fit for them we were extended families and single moms and dads we were drunks we were sober we tried not to be too judgmental, lest someone judge us back. We were recent survivors of the Paradise Fire as well. We were an island of misfits, toys, and we liked it like that. Everybody in the country, uh, everywhere in the country, there are people not getting along any anymore because of differing political perspectives. But in Greenville, their flat wasn't enough of us to take sides. You had to have each other's backs anywhere. Anyhow, uh, whether you agreed with them or not, we plowed each other's driveways, taught each other's kids. We let each other off the hook with just a warning. And because there were very few jobs in town, we all saw each other in Quincy and Reno and Susanville and Chico and looked over at each other with that look that st says you're one of us. We are an ornery bunch, not afraid to tell you what we think. We argue about the education of our kids so much that we had two systems. We chose to live here when we could have moved to more convenient places. I remember when I moved here 19 years ago, pregnant with my son, I visited Quincy and Chester and decided Greenville was it. It was arguably the most beautiful. And, and every morning when I woke up, I looked outside at Mount Huff and I thought, wow, I must've done something right in my life because I get to live here in all this majesty. In spring, when the daffodils come, come up i'd imagine julie andrews twirling on stanfley lane singing the hills are alive because it felt that magical i never uh once regretted moving here and as a city girl i learned mountain things that taught me resilience i can make do with things i became a better cook since there wasn't all that many options to eat and I finally learned to knit here because of Greenville. I took on I took on trying new things. I raised two children here and knew what they were doing, even when they didn't want me to know. And my kids brought me home plenty of other kids to take care of, too. I love Greenville's stubbornness and tenacity, its characters. It was most definitely a place all its own. And now the bulk of it is gone. Some of us will have the stamina to rebuild and some of us will not. Some have insurance, some do not. Our historic buildings are gone. Our newer ones, gone too. To live in Greenville was to live history. You couldn't escape history. Generations of families grew up here and came back again and again. In Southern California, where some of my family has been migrating back 
to for college and work. I've run into more people who've been to Greenville than I'd imagined it even possible. Everyone mentions its beauty, its friendliness, its characters. Our little thrift store bankrolled countless kids scholarships and provided so many retirees a great social hour or two. We accept you as you are, no matter how strange or weird you are. We like weird. We were small. We were mighty. We were fiercely loyal, even if it didn't do us any good. And we loved seeing each other in Evergreen Market, even if it meant spending an extra half hour chit-chatting away. For some reason tonight, I'm thinking of the Festival of Trees at Christmas time and kids making crafts. I'm thinking of American Legion posts that comes out for everything. I'm thinking of Little League game at Greenville Park. I'm thinking how people cared about the children of this town long after their own children had grown up and gone. I'm thinking of Mar- Mavis and Brad Smith's carousel. I'm thinking of their street dance at the Gold Diggers. I'm thinking of all the rituals, big and small, that made us a special place to be. We love you, Grainville. With all our broken hearts, we love you. Be right back, and we'll do our final segment. John Garamendi was elected over 45 years ago. 45 years is a long time to be in office. John was elected before cell phones. John was elected before personal computers. In fact, John was elected before the internet existed. While John has been in office, we've had nine different presidents. John Garamendi has been in office for over 45 years. And now he's going to start fixing things. I'm Tamika Hamilton, and I approve this ad because it shouldn't take 45 years to start fixing America. I got to say, I'm taking a certain, well, unnatural delight in the political demise of Andrew Cuomo. Why? Because this guy could not be more arrogant. He thought he was completely secure. He thought that because he's a Democrat, he can get away with it. Uh, look at Joe Biden. That's a guy who's like, pouring all these little girls. He gets away with it. Uh, look at Bill Clinton. He's been getting away with it uh, since um, for decades uh, with his wife as his protector. So I think that uh, Andrew Cuomo thought that he had, um, let's just call it a progressive pass. And not only that, but he was feeling really great about himself because he was able to recruit LGBTQ and, you know, Me Too activists. And of course, you know, he recognized that these people are total frauds. They're posing as, oh, we're going to be, we're going to be looking out for the interests of women. Oh yeah, Cuomo, what do you want us to do? You want us to get the file? You want us to leak the file to the media? You want us to crucify the accuser? Great. We'll do it. Just make sure. Just remember, we did you a big favor. You got to do us one back when we call upon you. So this is the politics at the dirtiest level that is being played with people who are posturing uh, and claiming in public to be one thing, whereas behind the scenes, they're not only something different, they're the exact opposite. So Cuomo thought, I've got the system sewn up. I've got this all figured out. But uh, to his dismay, the cards all came crumbling down. The walls collapsed around him. His position became untenable. Even the Democrats, who were doing their best to cover for him, 
I mean, let's remember, this is a guy that CNN was touting. CNN, by the way, has a horrible record. They started touting Avenatti. Avenatti is the new Democratic presidential candidate. We're all behind Avenatti. Here's Avenatti sitting in prison, you know, you know, not worried about picking up the soap. And and now it's like, oh, now it's Andrew Cuomo. He's our next guy. It's not Avenatti, but it's this guy. This guy's got talent, man. He's got. And of course, there was uh, Cuomo's own brother there, his cheerleader. Not only his chief cheerleader, but as we now know, uh, his co-conspirator. Uh, He's another guy who's giving media advice to Cuomo. Hey, bro, I got a couple of ideas how you can make these women look bad. Put the blame on them. Uh, besides, take all the stuff you've done, all the really bad stuff. Make it sound really normal, really casual. No big deal. Everybody does it. Here you are. You know, we, just, we hug our grandmas a lot. It's a Sicilian thing. So this is Chris Cuomo. And, uh, and of course, CNN is obviously, you know, okay with all this Um uh, condoning it or letting it be. Brian Stelter was recently on TV. He's like, you know, yes, there's some, there's some discussion. There's a, there's a variety of viewpoints on CNN about the propriety of, of Chris Cuomo's conduct. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's also a variety of viewpoints on a lot of other things. Now, thing about Cuomo is this. The left has to try to salvage something out of this. And what they're trying to salvage is, well, the lesson of the um, Andrew Cuomo um, affair affairs, I guess I should say, is that Democrats discipline their own, but Republicans don't. Oh, really? <laughs> the simple truth is, by and large, in the Republican Party, if you have a single offense, obviously it has to be a proven offense. Because the Democrats love to say, you know, well, look at Kavanaugh, you know, look, look at Trump. Well, first of all, you have to remember that with Trump, you had all these accusations, but the accusations, by and large, were coming by from political enemies who had a Dated agenda. Oh yeah, you know Trump pushed me into the dressing room in Bloomingdale's. <laughs> yeah, the likelihood of that. So ridiculously implausible nonsense. Um, but here, in the case of Cuomo, you had eleven credible accusers. Let's remember that these were Democrats. These are people who worked for Cuomo. These are people who are still on Cuomo's side politically. But, uh, and this is what makes their testimony, which corroborates each other's testimony, um, credible. With Kavanaugh, you have a single accuser, um, an ancient accusation with a uh, political motive. In fact, um, um, Deborah Katz, who was uh, Christine Blasey Ford's attorney, says, you know, uh, Christine was very concerned about Roe v. Wade. That's partly why she came forward. So in those cases, the reason that the, the Republicans didn't go for those accusations is because they were literally unbelievable, which is to say they were not to be believed. So Cuomo's case is, in that sense, uh, a done deal, a fait accompli, a proven accusation or accusations. No one doubts them. Even the even Cuomo's defenders have got to say, well, yeah, you know, he did do these things. And so the man is now headed for a well-deserved uh, anonymity. I'm hoping that at the end of the day, uh, his whole political career will be erased and people will essentially say, uh, remember him either as a really bad guy Oh, or they'll just say when his name comes up over some years, Andrew Who. I guess you wonder where I've been. I search to find the love within. I came back to let you know. Got a thing for you, and I can't let go. All right. our last segment of 20 minutes and uh, I want to thank you for 
uh, being a part of this show. Uh, it's not over yet, but I just want to thank you for now so I don't let it slip. I do want to take a minute and just thank some people. Um, this isn't a profit-making gig. I do this because I believe in this country. My dad and my uncle fought for four years in Vietnam. A lot of my, or not Vietnam, but World War II. A lot of my friends fought in Vietnam. I've done a lot of work in Vietnam since then. I wasn't in the military, but I think I've paid some dues, not dangerous dues, but done a lot of good things along those lines, changing the country. But uh, the big deal here is that I've got grandkids, and and I don't want to. I, I want to do what I can to stop this country from being communist, and we're going that way at uh, pedal to the metal. And so there are people that uh, there are a couple people that just started out supporting me years ago, and when I say supporting me, supporting the the show, paying for the cost of the website, paying for the you know we have to pay time on the on the radio. And just getting all the equipment together and, and uh, technology, all the stuff. And so uh, I'm really indebted to them. They're patriots. They're, they're uh, salt of the earth. All of them are salt of the earth type people. They're, uh, a lot of them are Christian people. They, uh, they love God. And they, they know this country was founded upon the uh, Judeo-Christian uh, principles and the Bible and, and believing in a God that had a purpose for this country. So for that, they, they are not on the radio or on podcasts with me, but they believe in it, and they, they believe in the message. There's some people that really like me, like the show. Some people that really hate me, hate the show. I'm totally comfortable with that. But I, wanted, I want to give credit where credit is due, and a couple of the guys that started out with me from the very beginning is Elite Universal Security Money Hacker, and he has a great security business. Uh, he's located the headquarters in Yuba County, but he's operating all over this of the North State, clean up the Oregon border. So if you want a job from Monty, or if you uh, need him to do a job for you, and whether you're in a business or government or private or whatever, or give have need a consultant figure out how you can stop this from happening. You can give them a call at 530-749-0280. Let me give it to you again, 530-749-0280. And uh, they answer the phone there. Uh, they actually have real people answer the phone. And it's a 24-hour-a-day, <clears throat> seven-day-a-week security business. And uh, so Elite Universal Security, <clears throat> they're good. They do a good job. Monty's a veteran, uh, disabled vet. And does a great job. The other person from the very beginning was a guy named Dave Greenitz, Green with ETZ on the end. And Dave and I have gone back over 40 years. We've worked together in various projects. We lived together in a commune many years ago. He's quite a bit younger than I am, but he and his wife, Leslie, have been great friends of mine. And Dave has a construction firm that, that you know, if, if, I, if he was just a good, a decent contractor and a friend of mine, I would promote him on the show. But he's way beyond that. Even if he wasn't a friend, he's an uh, he's the best in town and kitchens and bathrooms and he's fast and he's efficient and he's honest and all those good things. So if he's worth waiting for, right? It's like a good wife; they're worth waiting for, right? And so, uh, or a good husband. And so uh, he's a good contractor, the best in this area: kitchen, baths, any kind of remodeling, decks, all that kind of stuff. 
So you can reach him at the, you know, you can go on his platforms at the website, greenitsconstruction.com. You can see before and afters. You can see shots of his work. You can go to his, his Facebook site, Dave Greenitz Construction, uh, and see before and after shots. You can reach him from those sites by sending a message. You can call him or text him at 530-682-9602. You're going to have to wait to uh, get the job done. It's not going to be done next month, but uh, he can do a consultation with you. They can get things rolling, and then he'll know, he can let you know exactly when he's going to attack the job. Okay, 530-682-9602. So we've had, we had some new people come on, and that's, um, well, actually, the plumbing doctor then came on and started helping us, Ted Holmes, at 530-671-9111. So they they uh, they're around the clock plumbers seven days a week, and uh, Ted came on and, and began helping five three zero six seven one nine one one one. All these guys actually could use workers too. So if you're if you're a plumber, the plumbing doctor will put you to work, or if you need if you need plumbing work done, they will come and do it for you. So. Um, the other one that just one of the newest ones that just started getting involved was Bill Artominko, and he and I met. He he reminds me he and I met like forty uh, years ago, and uh, we both look pretty old now. <laughs> but to his credit, he and his wife put together a business over, and they've had it over forty years. A wonderful business, and they also do plumbing, but they also do septic tank. Um, drainage and uh they do you know line clearance they got cameras that go in your lines they do all kinds of incredible things they got so thrifty rooters the name of their company and they're at 530-673-8201 great people honest people they love god love people and they they run a good business you don't stay in business almost 50 years uh, with a lot of repeat customers, you look online and they have a lot of people say a lot of good things about them. So the other, the other one, um, is I'm going to save Dr. Cassidy for last, uh, North Valley paralegal. She and I are like family though. We're not, uh, Nellie Garcia. And she is a very bright lady and she, uh, is going to be an attorney one day. Maybe she'll be a judge one day, but right now she's uh, still, uh, She's almost ready, done with law school, but she's a great paralegal. Here, here's what I've learned about paralegal. You can get almost the same things done, not everything, but same things done you can with an attorney, but it's cheaper, faster, and uh, many times they give you a lot more uh, personal service and work harder for you, and that's Nellie, and she gets great she gets great marks all the way down the line. So you can. she's right, in the, right on the edge of Yuba City, uh, on Sutter Street, so you can reach her easy from Marysville or Yuba City at 751 Sutter, and uh, you can reach her at 530-751-9289. She works around the clock. If you're behind or you, you're pressed f for a job, if she wants to help you, she'll uh, work night and day for you. 751-9289, Nellie Garcia, North Valley Paralegal. And finally, Dr. Cassidy and I are having a lot of success with passing out our names to addicts because the government has collapsed around here and addicts can't get placed in um, in residential treatment even though the government has all the money to do so. 
So we've been passing out our names and phone numbers and saying we can get Narcan prescriptions. We can get you into residential treatment. We can get you into medical treatment. Um, we, we can help you. So just call us when you're ready, right? So the cool thing is yesterday I was meeting with the two sheriffs of Yuba and Sutter County, and there's some really good things coming up in both sheriff's departments on medically treating people that are addicts in the jails. Uh, it's called uh, medical MAT, medically assisted treatment, I think, something like that, MAT. And it's been used all over the the country, um, well, it's not being used all over the country, but in different places around the country. You, a, a study is on Rhode Island where they had a huge addiction problem, huge overdose problem, and they uh, they uh, they uh, did this in all their uh, facilities, and so uh, all their um, jails, prisons, whatever you want to call them, and it's really helped. And so that's that's developing now. So I was asking the sheriffs if they would take some of my cards. And they'd put them in patrol cars, and when the then the sheriff's deputies are out and about meeting up with people on the streets or interviewing people, and they think the person maybe has an addiction issue, uh, they can just hand the card out. So they said, no problem, we'll help you. So uh, Dr. Cassidy and I have worked together, and so I'm, here's what I want to tell you. If, if you know an addict or you are an addict, and any type of addict, that's not, not just opiates, but methamphetamine, uh, alcohol, in fact, we just detoxed. Dr. Cassidy assisted us with detoxing a guy that was really sick coming off alcohol recently, and we did it right at the Church of Glad Tidings, and he's staying out there. And just from one week to another, it was like night and day. This guy's looking so good right now. We we're so happy for him. So uh, anyway, we're, we had, we're, every week we're seeing people come off the streets. So uh, here's the deal. Here's what we want you to do. First step, if you're interested in, in making a change, we want you to go see Dr. Cassidy at Peachtree Health, and you'll need an insurance card, but they'll take your cheapo insurance. So call Peachtree Health at 749-3242, and when they ask you what you need, just say, I need addiction help, uh, help for my addiction, 749-3242. Uh, Dr. Cassidy will welcome you with open arms. Don't be bashful about the addiction part, 749-3242. And if there's any problem with getting an appointment, then uh, I want you to text his number. And I'm going to give you his number to text directly. Don't call him. Please don't call him. Just text him. Uh, 530-682-8648. So what you do there is just text your name and uh, and just say, trying to make an appointment, a, you know, an addict. And he'll call you right back and, and get you set up from him. Now, if everything fails that I just said, which I think it'll work, but if anything, if it nothing works, just call me up, call me or text me. Your pleasure. And at any time of the night, night or day, seven days a week, I'm good. 530-713-1838. And we will get you the help you need, I promise. We will do everything in our power. you got to help, but we'll do everything in our power to get you the kind of assistance you need to start a new life. And I'm, I'm telling you, we got a lot of good results going. Lots of people are no longer using, and they got their life back. They're no longer being in, they're no longer in control of anything. They're no longer captives to the drugs or alcohol. Okay? So check that out. So I wanted to give a shout-out to all those folks that have been a huge help. Dr. Cassidy is helping with this show as well, but even if he didn't, uh, we would still be working together uh, on on this deal. Now, September 14th, everybody's getting their uh, 
their recall uh, voting pamphlets right now. And so they're all voting. I've been getting texts all day. Lou, who should we vote for? Everybody's voting. The ones that are contacting me, they're voting uh, to recall the governor, of course, but they don't know who to vote for for governor. And, of course, I'm telling them Kevin Kiley. And and you, uh, <clears throat> I think th- there's a certain date where you're supposed to register before the election. But I do believe that you could go in and register the day of the election and they would give you a provisional ballot. And provisional just means as long as everything pans out and you're a legit person, you're not fraudulent, but your your name matches up with all your other information and then they will accept your vote. So a lot of people have different views because of the fraud in the vote in the country, different views on how to vote. Some people said the other day when I was in a meeting, oh, you need to go to the polls and vote at the polls. You can do that. I've always voted absentee because it used to be over the years I would be on the road so much overseas, I didn't know whether I'd readily be there on election day, so I'd always vote by mail. But now what I do is I don't vote by mail. I get the vote absentee, and I fill it out, and I hand carry it, drive it over a few blocks to the county clerk's office, and I drop it in a box, a ballot box. And uh, already they texted me, and they phoned me. They have a robocall thing now. As soon as they put my name in the computer that I voted, and they called me tonight in a recording, and they said, Lou, we got your vote, we got your ballot, and we and we— registered your vote well that's comforting with all the craziness that's going on but i i prefer not using the there, there's been a feeling that that things get lost in the mail or if people don't put enough postage on it there's i don't have time to get into all the controversies but the best way to do it is either go to the polls and vote there or take your ballot and just fill it out and then go by the county clerk's office county elections clerk and there's a ballot box out in, if you're in Yuba County, you don't even need to get out of the car. You just drive up close to it and just slip it in like it was mail. And then they go out every day. They're pulling it out of there every day. They clean up. Maybe they do it twice a day. They pull it out. So um, anyway, September 14th, you got to have your votes in by September 14th. So let's make sure to, uh, and again, if people say, oh, it's too late to register. It isn't too late to register. So uh so get it on and, and get that get that done. Okay, I'm I'm just uh, <clears throat> listen. Uh, you people in these school districts need to stand up. And uh, there's an article. I don't know where it's from. I can't remember where I got it. But it's the title is Minnesota parents refuse lockdowns and mask mandates for school children. And so the group that this is writing about. This group is claims they represent more than 30,000 Minnesota, not people, families, and slams the uninvited reign of destruction over the children of Minnesota. These people are fired up. Now, there's, there's islands of anger throughout the United States, and we need to create one here in Yuba, Sutter Counties, and we need to go into those school board meetings and just kick ass. I'm serious. We need to say, if you're not going to do what we're going to do, get off the board and get out of here, and we're going to take over this board. I, I just think, and, and there's experience where boards have just left. And we need to just say, we're not going to wear masks. And don't be calling me at home. And don't be sending any app things telling me that that some kid 
at some school uh, knows a person who had COVID. Who cares? Who cares about all that? So this article says privacy and free speech are under attack. Take back your Internet freedom and freedom of your schools, etc. It says dozen parents groups in Minnesota voice their opposition to Democrat Governor Tim Waltz. Latest mandates for school children in that state. The letter from 36 parent groups <clears throat> rejects lockdowns and force masking. Listen, people, I'm telling you, this is so b- bizarre. These are liberal governors. In states where there's conservative governors, it is, this isn't a partisan issue. I'm just telling you that the states are run differently. Some states never shut any schools. For all you that had your kids hope, home all year, think about that. Other states, the kids went to school all year. The kids do not have to wear masks. Just like at the Church of Glad Tidings, other ch- 97, 98% of all churches in America closed. We did not. No one, masks were not mandated in our meetings. We met three and four times a week, big meetings on the weekends. We had night conferences with up to 1,000 people. People did not get sick un- unusually. Okay, you know, we had a regular, you know, there's some people get sick all the time, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, there's a big breakout. I'm telling you that not everybody joined in on this thing is my point. Sweden, I think it is, one of the Scandinavian countries, did not shut down. Their business did not shut down. Their schools did not shut down. So there's people that are standing up and saying it's the same thing, I think, in this one of the clips here I played for you. Uh, one, one of the clips... Talked about uh, it was down in Tustin, California, and Kevin Kiley said, here is some of the mandates. Mandates are not laws. But but it gets all confusing with the school board and the unions, and everybody just wants to play tug-of-war. At some point, the school board needs to say, this is what we're going to do, and if you don't do it, we're going to go out and hire some people new. Now, most of them don't have the balls enough to do that, but that's that's a problem with them, not with the law. I told people last night at a meeting at the Freedom Co., I said, people shut down their businesses thinking it was a law. But they didn't have to. They could have stayed open all that time and they would have not been arrested. Because I talked to the sheriffs about it. And I talked to the district attorney about it in, in Yuba County. And even though Randy Mitchell got, got cited by Marysville Police early on in the COVID fight... Uh, the district attorney, Clint Curry, refused to prosecute any COVID crimes. <laughs> In other words, he wasn't, they're not crimes to him. Thank God, right? So yesterday, uh, there's only 41 seconds, all of Randy Mitchell's uppercuts were invaded by Consumer Affairs. They arrested one of his barbers for cutting hair and took him to the Yuba County Sheriff's Department. I'll talk more about this on Saturday at the, uh, of the live show, but Yuba County Sheriff's department refused to book him and said, we're not going to book a guy for cutting hair. It's not a felony. And we ha- we're under COVID restrictions here. 
So we're not putting misdemeanors in. And they just left the guy on the curb and, and drove back to Fresno where these investigators came from. They just came up here, harassed everybody and left because all of these shops now are no longer operating with a license. So listen, that's all for today. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next week. And thank you for listening. Uh, it's, it's an honor to me to be here and, and be connected to you. God bless you and good night. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are,